in a land where Knights of the Deep had only one episode. Yeah, we decided to do episode two. I don't know. <laughs> we just decided. It wasn't a part of the plan. We were just like, oh. We started this, we were like, this is going to be a one episode thing. But then the first episode was so good. Yeah. <laughs> we just decided. Uh, yeah, that is not how it went in the slightest. But that's what happens when I don't know what I want to say for starting the episode. So welcome oh. to Knights of the D-Pad. The second time. The second the part time. Part two. Part two. Part two. The sequel. Yes. Yeah, one that doesn't start with toothpaste. My goodness! I mean, it didn't. Yeah, but now, now it does. Oh, now man. it did. Look what you've done. <laughs> it, it's already been like a minute in. We're good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> a whole minute already. My time flies. It really does. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to Knights of the D Pad. We are your hosts. I am Kyle. I am Court. I am Aiden. I am Ben. And of course, we have our wonderful editor. Wow, I am so off today. Jason's Jason in the booth. In exile. In, the booth. in exile. Codename Merlin. Uh, Jason, our editor, uh, running everything from behind the scenes. We've got some fun stuff for you today. So, first of all, we're going to start off with a few bits of gaming news. I've got a little announcement. Each of us has something to share on that. Then afterwards, we're going to be getting into the meat of the episode, a special edition of our gaming hot takes. And then after that, we'll be reporting on esports news for Dota 2, League of Legends Worlds, and Overwatch League Countdown Cup. Is there anything else you guys believe is on the agenda? I think that's everything. Should be it. Should be it. All right. Yeah. So stay tuned for all of that exciting stuff. And yeah, if you guys have nothing else to share, let's get right into it. Let's do it. Let's start. Let us begin. All right. So I'm up first on news. There is a new game coming out. It's only in early access on Steam right now. It's called Moonbreaker. And this is a fun one. Uh, well, at least I hope it's going to be fun. I haven't played it because you have to pay money for the early access. <laughs> He's a, we're all broke and college I'm, students. And I'm a poor college student, yes. Um, so I relied on other people who played it who have, presumably, have money. <laughs> Moonbreaker is like a... It's like a video game that emulates... A tabletop game, which is an interesting take on things. You have these figurines, you move them around a battle board, and you use their abilities. So, like, I don't know if any of you guys have played X-Wing or no, heard of it. No, there, it reminds me of another one, but I don't remember what the name of it is. Where you basically, where you build the terrain out of like, are, yeah. they, are they hexagonal? Yeah, there oh, was like some Marvel about. game that does. No, that, it I was. Know. I, but I don't like, remember what the name of it but is. It, it's, it's almost like Settlers of Catan, but not even a little bit like Settlers. No, you, <laughs> you like build. You can like build like hills and stuff out of these like hexagonal pieces. They're like just made yeah. of plastic. And then you like uh, have your figurines. And you have you move your figurines and, have and your army a card with like their abilities, and it's like that, but in a video game. So it keeps track of all the messy math and other abilities for you, which is convenient. Mm -hmm. um, the terrain on it doesn't look hexagonal. In fact, honestly, it looks a little reminiscent of Overwatch to me, to be completely honest, yeah. the, the terrain itself. Um, the cool thing to me about it is that the lore for it was written by Brandon Sanderson. Mm-hmm. Which awesome. I've heard Brandon Sanderson is pretty popular. My, I have. My <laughs> issue so far is I have not read a single one of his Neither books. Neither have I. I know oh. he's, he's very he's popular here in BYU. Yeah, I know that I he's very never, big. I, I've just never he's read He's so good. Yeah, he's awesome. Now, I, I was a Brandon Mole. Uh, I do love Brandon, Brandon Mole. Brandon good. Uh, I don't Brandon know who any good, of these people are. I think are. Sanderson is better. I took his class, <laughs> his lecture class that he offers here at BYU. Really good. If anyone has any interest in creative writing, you should take that class. He teaches a creative writing class? Dang good, yeah. Super, um, super hard to get into. I mean, you into. get to take, well, well yeah. yeah, no, the, well, the thing is the lecture class is just open enrollment. Oh, really? The, uh, oh, he has the a good, lab class yeah. is only 15 people 
Wow. And you have to have written like three books to get into it, yeah, basically. It's really yeah, actually. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's basically him being like, okay, you're a decent writer. You've already written books. Let me turn you into a, like a good selling writer. Go. <laughs> yeah. um, but here's the funny thing, right? I was in Brandon Sanderson's lecture class when Elden Ring came out. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And you know what he started doing? Going into <laughs> Did Elden he go Ring into lore? the Elden Ring lore? No. He, well, not in class. He actually complained <laughs> about Elden Ring in class because he's like, so, right, this video game company, Dark Souls, I love the Dark Souls games. I played all the Dark Souls games. I'm a huge fan. And then instead of, you know, being like, hey, Brandon, can we work with you? They call up George R. R. Martin, who hates video games, yeah. to write the lore for their video game. And he's like, guys, I'm right here. Come talk oh, so to me. So that's why he didn't like Elden Ring, because they went after the other guy. <laughs> he was jealous. It was really funny. Uh, it, but then then he went on his own YouTube channel and played Elden Ring mm-hmm. and said he loved it. So, like, obviously he's not, like, petty, but he was a little bit like, come on, He was a little guys. peeved. He was, he was a, little, a little, a little peeved. peeved. And, like, I understand that. I've been in situations like that, but on a much smaller, smaller scale. <laughs> and, like, um, I'll say, I think, personally, I think Brandon Sanderson dodged a bullet there. Starting off the hot takes. You think so? Not actually starting off the hot takes, but... How, why um, would you say he dodged it, like, having to work with the company, or...? No, just because the lore for Elden Ring is so convoluted. Well, I mean, if he was the one who wrote it, it probably would have been different. <laughs> have you <laughs> read a George R. R. Martin book? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. I just... Yeah. The know. bullet was created by George. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's, That's fair. That's fair. But no, um, so it looks like he, it, that the developer Unknown Worlds who made Subnautica. Yeah. So this is, working with this is the oh, same wait, developer as Subnautica. Developer? Yeah. yeah it's crazy. Uh, it has, I don't think there's any lore connection to Subnautica. No, it doesn't look like uh, it at all. None whatsoever. And it's turn-based, and honestly, in some gameplay aspects, it reminds me a little bit of Fire Emblem, where you have a battlefield, you move your units around the battlefield, you use their abilities, and where they're placed is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched a bit of like trailers and some gameplay footage. Um, it looks interesting, very tactical. I don't know if it'll be quite my type of video game, but mm-hmm. uh, I hope it tends to be pretty good, and I really hope that it does, you know, this story aspect of it is really cool because I mean they hired Brandon Sanderson to make something he's gonna do something cool that's what he does yeah and didn't he say like that he he was writing like eight to ten years worth of like content they're they're hoping to have yeah. basically something like that for the game well because I think so what does that mean when you say eight to ten years worth of content or like you story. can play the game for eight to ten years and still not even finish a story or what's no like on? he'll they'll keep updating they'll it keep updating it. Updating. they, they, they want the game to have an active lifetime of eight to ten years which is very ambitious. Yeah, and it seems like it'll, it, even though right now it's a buy it and you get to play it, it seems like they'll probably shift to free to play with um, any kind of microtransactions in there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. currently it's just sitting at, what was it, like 20, 30 bucks on early access, I think? Yeah. On Steam is what I saw. Yeah. So, and, and again, right now, you know, there's a lot of things that just aren't in the game yet. Because yeah. with the reviews I've read, their complaint is really just that there's not a ton right now. Like, what is there is good, but there's just not enough. And oh, it's, it's almost early like access, early access. Which is yeah. like, you <laughs> know, what thought? else Who would you thought? expect? <laughs> Who would have thought? I think the thing that, that I love most about this, just from looking at it, is the fact that you, like, they they all of the characters have, like, their little statues, their little, mm-hmm. like, their little characters, and they're, they just come in, like, 
a base gray and they're like you color yeah, the you character. you no, design okay, so what the colors some, are. Some this literally is just making me think this is dungeons and dragons but in <laughs> no. a computer cuz like you get your figurines you get to paint them and then <laughs> you go do a little quest you got your little figurines you move them well, around the map well it doesn't seem they like there's quests own. it genuinely just seems like battles it's just the battles so you I bring think. your characters yeah. and you up against go against someone else's battles it's almost like pokemon huh. kind of yeah. combat but just okay, in so a, it's not like you're a set troop or a set group going no. out on an adventure you're you, just you have your figurines and you play and you, it like okay. it's like it would be a game on the table an arena fighter yeah. an arena fighter it's what it seems like i see a comparison in one of these reviews to xcom but moonbreaker is like that but bite size <laughs> bite size xcom <laughs> yeah but XCOM i don't light. have you have any of you guys played xcom i know XCOM i haven't mm-hmm. i haven't no. there's a there's a, a cartoonist on on the internet like webtoon and reddit who made some comics recently about playing xcom and how like his he like creates this perfectly crafted unit is like you are now my champion my angel of death <laughs> and you just got one shot <laughs> by some stupid bull crap in this we, we have the voice of Merlin <laughs> on the screen here what does oh, he okay. say uh, XCOM, XCOM will kick, kick your teeth, teeth in and like Dark Souls level of kick your teeth in or like a different kind of Everything, Everything you, you love, everything you love. You die. <laughs> die. Oh no. Okay, so let's hope Moonbreaker isn't quite like that. I think they intend for Moonbreaker to be a little more approachable than XCOM. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it says, and like the article that I have on Kotaku, it it's like it's described as Hearthstone meets XCOM, kind of. Ah. So it's like hmm. the 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 strategy of Hearthstone just in whatever XCOM. Is yeah. about. with miniatures on a board. Exactly. Except it's all yeah. digital, so you don't have to buy a gajillion things, paint them yourself, and keep track of all the math on a piece of paper. You just get to buy them digitally. You just get to buy like them NFTs. digitally. <laughs> like NFTs. Oh, no. So I will um, say the other thing about this that I think is interesting, just in case we have any fans of Brandon Sanderson. So Brandon Sanderson's, um, like all his books, or at least most of them, take place in sort of a connected universe called the Cosmere. Mm-hmm. And this is not part of that. Yeah. Which is which is I think important to say because That's true. Because a lot of people when they think of Brandon Sanderson they're like, "Oh, Cosmere, like I need that, you know." Just shamelessly self-promo self-promo and self-promo like, <laughs> the new no, but but yeah, this one this was a story that he wrote almost like and then I think I was reading and it said basically he couldn't fit it into the Cosmere in any like in into any like in any like way that would make sense. So he was like, I don't know what to do with this and then And then these guys come this. calling and yeah. oh that's that's like we amazing. want you to make a game and he's like, Well I have this he's source like, material. Well, that's this. such like, a Brandon Sanderson thing though like, hey we need lore for a game. He's like, Well I have some lore in my back pocket. Literally spent the last my spare lore seriously though like if you don't know about Brandon Sanderson, that's how he works. The guy's like, yeah, so I just had a weekend where I wrote many thousands of words well, on a didn't spur. He, didn't like during COVID he was during like, COVID. he was like I'm going to take a break from writing books and then like and a then few he wrote months five. in he's like yeah here's a couple books I wrote and they're like I thought you said you weren't <laughs> writing he's like I couldn't help it yeah exactly so he he's, he puts out this video that looks like it's some big apology video and he starts off like I have not been honest with you I have this thing that, and I'm thinking like oh no what have you done Brandon written multiple and then, books and then he just leans down at his desk and sets a manuscript on the table <laughs> he's like I wrote a book and not just that and he sets down four more <laughs> and I'm like bro yeah I writing, imagine that this oh. game's this game's lore is going to be <laughs> understood very well written very well understood and oh, yeah. this, if the gameplay is works 
then it'll probably be a well-received game. Yeah, yeah it'd, be, it'd be fun to see this game become very successful. I have no idea because I just don't know this genre very well. Yeah, like the tabletop yeah, kind of strategy Yeah, but stuff. Like, I, I'd like to see it successful, if nothing else, and because I like Brandy Sandy, but, you know. <laughs> Brandy, <laughs> Brandy Sandy. Brandy Sandy. You've never heard that nickname for him. Well, I guess if you guys don't really <laughs> know his stuff very well. I can't believe you guys haven't read Brandy Sanderson's books. Mm. I don't. Well, here's the thing. So this might be veering away from our gaming and esports topics, but if I were to read a Brandon Sanderson book, where would you recommend me starting? Mistborn. 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 You could get away with Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarians, which is his young adult uh, series. Uh, uh-huh. Elantris yes. is also a decent starting point. <laughs> you say Alcatraz? Alcatraz, Alcatraz versus, versus the Evil, Evil Librarians Lib- is the title of his young adult novel series. It's not in the Cosmere. It's not in his collected works. It's its own thing. Uh, so it's a bit of a lighter read because it is young adult instead of uh, the rest of them are for grown-ups. So they'll be a little heavier. For grown-ups? For grown-ups. For grown-ups. <laughs> if, if you want when, If I say adult, you're going to get the wrong idea of the kind of content, okay? <laughs> I know who Brandon... <laughs> yeah, but we're aware of the Brandon Sand in the audience that is that basically reads his books. If, if you want one that isn't a whole series that you have to get into... It's like a one-off a that you can them, Yeah, Elantris is Elantris a really is good place good. to start. So yeah, Warbreaker might Elantris. also be pretty good. I couldn't finish Warbreaker. I loved Warbreaker. Interesting. Yeah, well, but Elantris or Mistborn is a good place to start. Um, and then it'll just suck you in, and before you know it, you've yeah. read the entire Cosmere. Pretty much. Okay. Um, huh. But yeah, anyway, it, but yeah, veering back onto gaming, uh, this is pretty cool. It's really fun to see, like, hey, we need lore. Let's hire a professional author, becoming a bit more common of a thing in in hyped up game releases like don't get me wrong people who are responsible for writing lore within the game universe have produced really good things but it's cool to see this collaboration going on mm. I feel like you should I feel like you should almost see more of it if, especially if you're wanting to make mm. a game series like if you're just wanting to do a one off game that's like buy it once and then you know it's, the story is self contained but if you're wanting mm. to make like a live service game or a saga of games I feel like it's better to hire a professional writer mm-hmm. who is used to writing and creating interconnected stories rather than and and there are people who specialize yeah. that's in that specifically for video games yeah like there are people with those jobs but it's it's cool to see like book authors get in on it and this isn't the first time Brandon Sanderson's no. done that actually for the Infinity Blade series mm-hmm. of mobile games yeah. he did really? that and I heard the I books were one, very yeah. good I did not know um, that Infinity Blade is so, great yeah now if only we could get Hollywood to do that with voice actors instead of like hey let's put this random celebrity into a voice acting thing <laughs> mm. oh, I wonder mm. who would do that, that. that's yeah. foreshadowing yeah. for later yeah. <laughs> so anyway I feel like that is a decent transition into Ben's topic. <laughs> <laughs> so I hear something. I have been unreasonably excited for oh. the Super Mario movie trailer to come out. I think I we was, all I have literally, been. I subscribed to Nintendo. And <laughs> just for the trailer. Put on the notifications just so I can get this trailer <laughs> drop. Because I've just been like freaking out wondering how in the world is Chris Pratt of all people yeah. going to be the voice of Mario. Right. And so... Uh, trailer drops. First part's super fun. It's Bowser beating a bunch of little penguins. Good old Jack Black. Good old and Jack, Jack Black. Sounds so Honestly, good his sounds performance is so really good. good. I, I have I a was... feeling that Jack Black may carry this movie like Jim Carrey did for the Sonic for the movie. Sonic I movie. think he might, yeah. <laughs> so, first part of the, uh, the trailer, very fun, but then it gets to Mario showing up. <laughs> And yeah. I just sat there, like my heart literally beating in my chest, just waiting, like <laughs> what, just Mario's first words. And then I just hear just flat out Chris Pratt's voice. It's just Chris. What the? What? And the? it's just like right. I, I was so surprised. 
And, but like I honestly I don't know yet I'll have to have like if further trailers will have to come out with more lines yeah, from Mario we've heard like what four we heard, words yeah, like, we yeah. heard two lines and like the first yeah. line where he goes what the that just sounds like Chris Pratt it's but then the Pratt. last the, the last sentence what does he say it's like he says like, he's like Mushroom Kingdom here yeah, we yeah, come Mushroom Kingdom, yeah, mushroom here kingdom. Here we come. and it like if you li- it sounds like he's attempt there's a, there's an attempt trying. at an accent he's there trying. you can hear like it, there's you're like oh it's just Chris Pratt's voice but then you listen you're like no there's something a little off there but like his you know, this, this seems are just like, like but it ends up just yeah. sounding more off. It sounds yeah. more off. Right. This yeah. actually is a great time to bring up one of the visuals that uh, I sent to Jason. <laughs> Jason, could you pull up the one <laughs> with Chris Pratt in it? Number three. Number three. Uh. <laughs> I don't know how to do, and I don't know how to do an Italian accent and at this point I'm too afraid to ask he's so deep he's like no I promise I can do an Italian accent they're like alright you're hired <laughs> no I love it because when they, when it was first announced the casting was first announced I remember it uh-huh. yeah he put out a video and he was like it's a me Mario and then he was like don't worry guys that's not the voice I, I don't remember and then it I, is the voice I saw I saw a headline but it was an image and I don't know if it was an actual image but it was like it was a quote from him being like my Italian accent is like the greatest thing you've ever heard and I'm like no way he actually no way he actually said that, right? No way. No. Oh, well, no, here's the thing. So I saw a different one. I think it was like a picture of a tweet. I'm 100% sure it wasn't an actual tweet by Chris mm-hmm. Pratt. Uh-huh. Just but, Photoshop. Um, it said that in the Mario movie, Chris uh, Mario's not going to have an Italian accent yeah. because Mario's normal now. And that was <laughs> no! hilarious to me. Rest in peace, the so entire Italian culture. It's just, it's no. so funny that they limit that they really limited the amount of. I mean, we heard more dialogue from Bowser than we, we did, did from Mario. Mario. And it's I, like they're trying to hide it. I, it's mm-hmm. either they're, tr- it's I'm like worried. they're trying to hide it, and it's like I wonder if we might actually just have original Sonic movie Sonic Part Two. Where there's so much outrage, where that they it's just like get so it. much outrage that they like genuinely, <laughs> they just they're like everyone. genuinely wondering if they should release it as is. Well, actually, mm. I saw a tweet on that as well. It was someone saying, "I bet if we get mad enough, we can have Chris Pratt redo all his lines, <laughs> but in a goofy little Italian <laughs> accent." Well, but here's the it's thing. Like, here's the thing. The guy that they've had playing Mario yeah, and Luigi he's, since he's the dawn alive, of time, Charles Martinet, he's still alive and he's part of the movie. He's listed in what? the cast credits. Yeah, they have him I, working what? on the movie, even and they didn't have him play Mario. And they I just, Mario and I'm like, or Luigi, and like, I'm like, this guy has been the only voice actor for Mario throughout the games. I mean, when they did that really crappy cartoon, they had some other guy. Well, we know when they did. We don't the, talk about the cartoon. And then <laughs> when know. we did the CDI games, which we also don't talk <laughs> we don't about, talk about, they the had CDI another crappy guy. Real. But for the mainline games, it's been this same guy the whole way yeah. through. He oh, made right. the voice of Mario, and he came up with it on a spur of the moment in the audition. Have you guys heard that? Yeah, story? Yeah, I heard that mm-hmm. story. Yeah, the story. And you know? Mario's voice is just so iconic. It is so I mean, iconic. I was talking about it, and I was like, this is like the equivalent of if they announced a Mickey Mouse movie, and Will Smith was playing Mickey Mouse. <laughs> and <laughs> then, just did his regular voice. And then it's just Will Smith <laughs> Will voice out Mickey Mouse. Like, it would be yeah. weird. Like, it would yeah. be. And well, so here's the thing. So, I feel like Mario's like signature voice would get so grating. I'm pretty sure they actually, they must have done some work with him with doing the actual voice. Yeah. And they just mm-hmm. realized, like, you cannot do two hours of this voice. Yeah. Like, I, I would hope that because Nintendo uh, is officially working on it, that they wouldn't have at least tried to do some studio tests with mm-hmm. him. Because I, so. I, just, I, I feel like, you know, you in, in, in the games itself, you got little ha-hoos and, like, jump noises. <laughs> but you never get, like, full... And sometimes they'll say, like, you know... It's a me, Let's a go. Let's yeah. a go. Stuff like that. Yeah. But, like... You never get full lines of dialogue from yeah. That's true. And that, that, that could be a blessing in disguise. I also wonder if people are like, oh, no, it's an Italian stereotype. I'm like, guys... He's not actually like he's from it's it, not, Italy. It's like, and 
I've never even heard like, I don't know. Yeah. No one actually complains about it. You know, people no. will crack occasional jokes. It'll be like satire channels. that will be like, jump, jump, you delightful Italian stereotype. <laughs> I heard that on a YouTube channel once, but there's never been anyone who's like, you know, How dare Mario they? is an actual problem, you yeah. know? So it's like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but I, you make I, a good point that perhaps he's just not a voice we could listen to talking for super long. For two hours. And yeah. obviously, we only heard two lines of dialogue from Chris. Yeah. So yeah. I'm hoping, uh, let's, I, I, I think what we need to do is not go into the movie with too much doomium and just like, <laughs> be, be like a little, you know, be a little cost, you know, be a little cautious. Like we don't know how it's going to sound and wait for more trailers to come out. But once the full trailer comes out with more yeah. dialogue, then we could be like, okay. This is a little weird. weird. Yeah. I will say the one thing that I did appreciate is obviously they changed, like it's a new model for Mario, right? Like he looks like Mario, but it's not like, yeah, it's, a little, it's, a, little it's a little changed and it looks more like it could reasonably have Chris Pratt's voice coming out of it. That's, that's, that's true. Sense. That's true. It is, like, they tried it to was, give it, yeah. If it was Chris Pratt's voice coming out of like the Mario the Odyssey <laughs> version of Mario, I'd be like, oh, but oh, like okay. his, this guy, he looks a little rounder. He looks yeah. a little more like he looks like he could have Chris Pratt's voice reasonably come out That's of fair. that body, you know? Yeah, he looks Still a little less cartoony. Jawline. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which brings me to visual number one, please. <laughs> so this has been floating this, yeah. all over Reddit with the caption, never forget what they took away from us. <laughs> I, I remember, so, yeah. I yeah for about for that. our audio listeners, um, we've got a side-by-side comparison of Mario in a recent game. I think that might be Odyssey That's or, I think it's or Odyssey. Super Smash Bros. And then Mario in the movie. And on the left, you have Mario in Odyssey. And let's just say he has a bit more of a rotund rumpus. And on the right side, there's just not much there. This is good for the male populace. You know, we've got such unrealistic <laughs> expectations <laughs> yeah, on the left. The left. It's sexualizing nice Mario, guys. <laughs> yeah. And who said anything about that? It's funny. It is really funny. <laughs> and, and like, Mario's always been a bit of a plump kind of guy, you know? He's always been a little bit of a rounder human being on every front. Like, you've seen his belly in previous games. Yeah. He looks a bit rounder. Here, he looks more like a slim type of build. Um, which, again, I think makes it a little easier to believe Chris Pratt. I mean, I know there was Fat Pratt back in the days of Parks and Rec. Yeah. But, you know. I, I will say, I'm pretty sure that image on the left is Photoshopped because I've played... Yeah, there's that. I've there's no way to see actual model. And yeah. Mario is not that cheeked up in the actual... <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's I mean, definitely could Photoshopped. Be, there could be a chance that is like that is a still frame from like a mid-jump animation. Oh, that yeah. could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like a little, little, little so crashing, so it's squashed, yeah. yeah it does squash yeah, and stretch to like, you know, yeah. further portray But it's fun to like, to, to be like, look what they took from <laughs> us. I can't right, believe look they, what they, they took from us. It's like when everyone was complaining <laughs> that they nerfed Snake's butt in between Brawl and I don't remember that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they'd end Wario too. I remember the Wario. I've seen the Wario, the I've seen the Wario yeah. one. Because yeah. like Wario in one versus I, another. I'm, I'm, I'm curious if we see Wario and Waluigi in this movie. I, I want to. I mean, I, I, I get I'm if they betting. don't. Hmm. End credit scene. Oh, yeah. that would and be amazing. Set up for a sequel. Mm-hmm. A sequel. Yeah. So if it's all about Bowser now and then Wario and Waluigi show up and, oh, that'd be glorious. Uh, oh, have they cast a Wario and Waluigi? Doesn't, Doesn't look, look like it. I don't it. think so. Yeah. But, if it, but if it's an end credit scene, they would probably do their best to not mm-hmm. spoil it. Have that be spoiled. Yeah. yeah. But, but I've got a question. So in the trailer, Mario shows up. He just comes blasting out of a pipe. And then he like looks around. He's like super confused. He's looking at mm-hmm. all these mushrooms. And he's like, he says, what the? So my question is, is this like 
Is Mario getting isekai'd? I, I was just about, yeah. I think this is Mario's isekai origin story. Mario's getting isekai'd. He's actually getting isekai'd. He's so, going through the pipe. You know, the original lore was Mario is an Italian-American plumber from Brooklyn. From Brooklyn. And that's yeah. when, when Mario was an arcade game. That was yeah. before they brought it to home console. So, like... The, I think they're going back to that original lore of Mario gets isekai'd. He goes, you know, through the portal to not Narnia, but the Mushroom Kingdom. And, and is immediately graded by Toad. Immediately degraded <laughs> by Toad, yeah. So, so is Mario just, is, is the movie just going to start with live action Chris Pratt Dude, walking oh, down the street? Wait a minute. Just <laughs> falling in a sewer. I really, falling wait a minute. Wait, cover no, ben might be on to something. But, but it's just, it's Blast Chris out. Pratt. I want that. Like dressed as yeah, Mario. Chris Pratt Mario. dressed up, like it's <laughs> obviously not as colorful, but like, hat. you know, uh, you know, like a kind of a worn down red shirt with blue overall. Like he's working as a struggling plumber or something like that. I really hope not, but also that would be at the same so time, I kind funny. Of hope, yes. He's got like this angry Italian grandmother, you know, <laughs> yeah. all of that. <laughs> and then he, he, oh, that would be. I don't think they're going to do that, but that'd be amazing. That would be so would be funny. So I amazing. imagine that it will start with him in Brooklyn, but it'll probably be animated. Yeah, but it would be so funny if they did a, a, a scene change. Uh, you know, to be completely <laughs> honest, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't even give any real backstory to him. And like our first. Like I don't think I don't him for want, the first time. I don't want backstory popping out of the popping out of the yeah. yeah. Pipe. I'm, I'm not saying that's what I want, but I think that would be funny. The internet would would take that and run with oh, it. Oh, yeah, it'd be oh, so funny. Be if a live action Chris Pratt falling in out a manhole, <laughs> <laughs> popping out all of a sudden, his little cartoon oh, Mario. This is Mario. That's, that would be pretty that's awesome. So but funny. so talking about audience expectations, mm. I have another thing that I forgot to put onto the schedule, but um, I wanted to talk a little bit about. The new League of Legends World's Anthem, Star Walking by, by Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X. Mm. So, so Ye- here's the thing. Uh, I'd say this is probably one of the most unifying songs that have ever come out for In the a bad World's way, Anthem, right? Where everyone has come together to say that it is a good song, but it is not not fit for the League. World's <laughs> Anthem vibe. <laughs> it is a good song, but like, not meant for League. I will be the first to say mm-hmm. it is a good song. It's fun. It's nice to listen to. It's but the thing is, it's like a song you listen to on like a Saturday night drive, where you just vibe in and like I don't know, driving along the coast or something. I'm gonna be honest. The Porter Robinson song that they made for for Star Guardian, I feel like that. They should have had Porter mm-hmm. Robinson make the world's theme, if I'm being completely honest. Because yeah, I'd assume that people wanted something more like Warriors by Imagine Dragons, mm-hmm. where it's like a hype, like, we're going to freaking kill our you know, enemies. It's, it's like we're going to win worlds, you know? You know, yeah. it's like, you know, you're charging into battle, getting ready, right. going forward. And then this is when it's like, it's after the battle, you're victorious, and you're just chilling, you're like, you're slow, yeah, you're like taking off first. your armor, <laughs> and you're just slowly like... You're de-arming and everything. Everyone's coming together, you know. You're like, that sounds great and all, but I have to, like, I got to get there. (laughs) This is the start. This is going into battle, not coming out. This is the song you should have waited until after Worlds. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a good song. I enjoy it, Um, but... It, should, it doesn't really wrong fit. kind of tone for yeah, tone three, of, you know, four worlds ongoing. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and like I've seen Little Nas's tweets about it. He's really defended on it. Well, I mean, I, he made it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. you know, he says like I wasn't going to make an EDM. Like, hey, well, that's not the kind of music he makes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's like, and yeah. they picked him. So I mean. Yeah, I, mean, I don't yeah. think Little Nas did anything wrong no. in this situation. He's just doing him. Even doing know? him, it's doing more on job. Riot for being like, if that, if people are, I mean, maybe that was what Riot wanted, and they just kind of misread 
the audience. Mm-hmm. But if Riot wasn't wanting that, well, that's on them. They chose the wrong. They artist. chose the wrong artist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do wonder if they were just trying to like, hey, this guy's popular. Let's hire him. Mm-hmm. And then after they're like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know. I, I mean, I feel like the same thing with Warriors. It was kind of like Imagine Dragons' the rise to fame. Rise to fame. It was yeah. kind of like their their peak going into that. Yeah, and so it went out really well. Yeah, but it's but, like, it's because it kind of matched, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and I I might be wrong here, but I think the bandmates, like the band members of Imagine Dragons, like love, love League. League and are like huge fans and were before all this, like. They did the opening song for Arcane, you know, yeah. which was so good. so good. Very cool. So good. But yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't know if Lil Ness X is like, does he play league? Does he play league? You know, I mean, I he was know. president of League of Legends. I saw that week. video. That was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, just an, another side, another bit of video game film related news. Did you guys hear about this? They are getting ready to film the FNAF movie. No, Wait, there's an actual FNAF movie? Yes, so the the negotiations and prep work for making a Five Nights at Freddy's movie has been in the works it's for been several so years long. now. And they are starting filming, they're starting production in February. I imagine um, They've that. got like the director picked out and stuff like that. I don't know if they've cast anything yet. Um, uh, I, I, I would imagine it'll be a horror that. movie. Oh, yeah. I'd hope so. And it's by yeah. it's by uh, the same group that did, the same studio that did Paranormal Activity. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, it's Joko, yeah. Because originally it was going to be a Warner Brothers film by the director of Monster House, and I was, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is going to be a happy, silly kids adventure, isn't it? Well, hold on, Monster House was pretty, was pretty dark sometimes. Well, it's not, it had but if, dark you're try, elements, if you're trying but, to capture the essence of FNAF, of Five Nights at Freddy's, you don't, you don't do Monster, you you don't don't do do Monster House. Yeah. You don't do Monster House. But the are they an- is it going to be animated or live action uh there has been because I, I feel I like if, if, if they yet. go live action they could make it really that's the thing and the, remember these are the guys who did paranormal activity i've never seen this movie but i know enough ab- about it to make this like okay so paranormal activity was had like found footage and stuff like that that was one of the big things with it it was a low budget movie made to look like found footage of there being this creepy creepy ghost haunting at this place FNAF could be made the same way exactly yeah. I mean think about it the cameras you get literally that are a major part of like every cameras. game except sister location onward and like they could really capture the feeling of FNAF if they do it in a similar style to yeah. that can you imagine if every single shot was just one of the security cams in the restaurant security that would camera, be a very cool premise Kyle. security cameras yeah. or like selfie footage from the actual guard or yeah. maybe you just name them have them be faceless <laughs> he's you doing never a face yeah Hey guys, this is another th- Friday night Welcome vlog. Another Friday night vlog. <laughs> hey guys, it's Here Mr. Beast. The- uh- <laughs> <laughs> We're doing the Survive Five Nights at Freddy's Pretty Challenge. Solid. I will give $50,000 to the next person who stays a full night at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. He's the guy over the phone. He's like, hello, 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 hello. <laughs> if you survive tonight, I'll give you a Lamborghini. <laughs> you, a Lamborghini. <laughs> you know, I just realized that guy kind of, in some ways, not in every way, but in some ways has become the Oprah Winfrey of YouTube. Mm-hmm. You get a car. You, you get, get a car. <laughs> Doing just the funny. If you don't leave the circle, you'll get a million dollars. Yeah, um, but I'm excited for it because I mean, like Scott Cawthon made some really fun and very, really good games. I don't know if they're like going to be genre defining for horror, but they made a huge splash and they made great stuff. They were a lot of fun to play, and the fact that he has been so thoroughly involved with the behind the scenes stuff of making the movie, like they couldn't get any script until he approved it. Yeah, that's good. And he oh, was nice. involved in writing the scripts even. And, you know, he, he it seems like he has a lot of, of 
like say in it, which I think is a good sign because I feel like a lot of movie video games fail because they don't really hold to what made the game good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To the, the original yep, vision yep. of the game. They just sort of like pass it off to some generic Hollywood director who's like, hey, make a movie. What mm-hmm. kind of movie? Don't care. Just to you know? slap the, yeah. the, the video game name on it. Yeah, exactly. Play. And so here we have the creator being such a major part of it. That's got to count for something. That's got to help it. You know, I mean, it went well with uh, Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling. Those were some pretty decent movies. Yeah, I won't yeah. Say those are about book, those are book adaptations, nowadays, though. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. b- book adaptations generally have a decent track record, but when you look at video game movies, other than the Sonic the Hedgehog movies, when mm-hmm. was the last good video game movie? You could make an Detective argument. Pikachu. <laughs> That's true. Okay, <laughs> and you could make an argument that the Angry Birds movies weren't absolutely horrendous honestly like if you consider them i don't know if i agree from, with that argument like, but you could make it if you've played the games and you know like what things they need to put in there they're funny movies are they yeah. going to like really be a huge major thing no but they're funny and they're fun to watch i mean leonard was hilarious in the part where he's like doing his dramatic entrance and then the escalator stops and he's like we're gonna come in again <laughs> that was good yeah it's I I feel like more recently they've gotten better, but I mean up until like what five six seven years ago, yeah, it's video game movies. I don't think had a single like good movie that you could point to for well, the most part. Do you know it's it's actually interesting. I was reading about why that is, and it's because a lot of the early video game movies, like the OG uh, Tomb Raider movie, the and Super Mario movie, the old Super yeah, Mario like movie, a, lo- a lot the of those, old one. maybe not the Mario movie, but. Like a lot of it, maybe it was the Mario movie. It was the Mario movie. If it's if it's what I'm thinking you're about to say, yeah, they were all made by this like one guy mm-hmm. who yep. what basically yeah. yeah like and his whole scheme was like he would take these big IPs and he would intentionally make awful 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 movies to like exploit some it was, was like a law a, or something. So basically, Germany created this massive uh, basically tax break for filmmaking. Uh, because they realized at this period of history that they were that their film industry was in serious danger of extinction because of Hollywood's like rising dominance in the film world, mm-hmm. and so they created these enormous tax breaks. And this dude goes up and buys up the the film rights to a whole bunch of video games that are really just starting to become super popular. You know, they're excited like, hey, someone wants to oh, make the 90s, Mortal yeah. Kombat, and, and he goes and makes just dumpster fire movies on purpose so he can get bajillions of dollars because of the tax break that's yeah huh oh well so i guess that, made, m- that yeah. would mean so that's why like all of that those would be why they were all bad then yeah, yeah are just so horrendous because they were just oh, and i think I, and i think why they're getting better now is because the people that are heading the movie industry are starting to come from the generation that actually played these played games right up. So. <laughs> so you actually have they're like no i played this game we're not messing it up i love this character stop mm-hmm. well and there's such a there's such a stigma about like Oh, video game movies are always bad because of all those early ones. But I think the Sonic the Hedgehog movie kind of it proved broke, it could be done. It, it broke it that stigma done, yeah. a little bit, and yeah. it was just kind of like, okay, like they can be good. Let's start making some good stuff. And then Arcane came along, and even though it's a TV show, said Arcane did they could be oh, fantastic. They could be amazing. <laughs> Incredible critical reviews. Yeah, and yeah, and so now everyone's like, oh, like. Let's and and that, if the know. Super Mario movie is good, if the Five Nights at Freddy's movie is good, I mean, we'll get as as long as they keep doing well, we'll just keep getting more of them. Yeah, and exactly. that's kind of what we want to see. Yeah, for the game. There's community. also the Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Oh, that one's been doing uh, really well. Anime. The anime. I need to start that. I've been told several times I need to. My watch list is just yeah. enormous. So I um I've considered it, but after 
looking at the IMDb content rating, I was like, I mm-hmm. don't know. <laughs> it, it is a uh, yeah. fairly R or M. I don't know what the rating is for TVMA. Well, for anime. Mm-hmm. It doesn't uh, run on the same. Well, there's the thing. Like, this might be a bit of a hot take. I was talking about this with a friend of mine earlier today, but I'm pretty sure that like American rating system people are like, "Oh, there's an anime. Is there any violence in it? Okay, TVMA." Yeah, because like I, I've seen some anime that are rated TVMA that should not Shouldn't be. be. They I, should yeah. not be. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, um, but. Moving on. Moving on. Yeah, sorry, Ben. Is there anything else you wanted to share? I feel like we really, all of us really jumped Hijacked in on you. Hijacked our <laughs> topic. Yeah. What have yeah. you got? <laughs> that, I mean, that's basically it. Uh, okay. Super Mario movie. I'm excited to see about this Five Nights at Freddy's movies. I feel like it's kind of gotten the same, like Five Nights at Freddy's, the overall universe has kind of gotten the same rap mm-hmm. of Fortnite where kids have just kind of come in and then content for me, creators. For me, it was more oversaturation. Mm-hmm. There was a, a lot, lot of saturation. Of Scott yeah. really like, boy, I... I, I don't know if this is actually the case, but I feel like Matt Pat once he caught <laughs> yeah, it, Scott <laughs> Scott kind of was like in league with Matt Pat, and he's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna make this and purposely cater it for him to make videos." Well, mm-hmm. I feel like uh, it, I don't think it was quite to that degree. No, it obviously I, wasn't. I followed this all very closely while it was happening. I did kind of like peter off after Sister Location, and I there's I honestly don't know a whole ton about Security Breach. Uh, just because I've had a hard time getting back onto it for some reason, which I don't know why, uh, because I love Five Nights at Freddy's. But like Scott Cawthon, I feel like he just more got involved. Yeah. So like when when Matt Pat started doing live streams where he was like trying to decipher the lore, I mean Scott had already done like these different lore things and was having fun with it. And so he's like, you know what? I'm just going to play this game with you guys. Yeah. I'm going to run with it. And so he starts like putting out hints and just making these little images he'd post on his website during the live stream to like kind of to play this game of delving into the lore with the fans. But if you want an example of a video game that tried too hard to cater to game theory, specifically the YouTube channel Game Theory and MatPat, um, Hello Neighbor. Mm, And in fact, MatPat later did a theory video about what happened and and broke it down and he actually referenced a lot another youtuber who had struck on to that earlier was hello neighbor started off super promising in the in the alpha and in early development mm-hmm. builds of this whole idea of like the neighbor is this ai he learns your strategies when he catches you he makes things he does things to make it easier to catch you that same way again this brilliant thing he he thinks differently you lock yourself in a room he's going to go he's going to try to break in the door if he can't he goes around the building and jumps in through the window that's so new so mm-hmm. different using an ai is like this 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 game of wits this cat and mouse that's actually good instead of oh i've memorized the three things that the, my opponent will do to catch me mm-hmm. yeah then mad pat does a lore video trying to like decipher like what's the hidden story and you know what they do they scrap all of that uh, and do crappy parkour um, plat- 3D platforming that's not even that good and throw in a whole bunch of things to try and make this cool lore, chasing the idea of a lore video. They started begging MatPat for lore on Twitch, on, not on Twitch, on Twitter. They start tweeting out like, hey, at MatPat, I think you're going to like this update and all these things. Scott Cawthon didn't do that. He would like watch the live streams and then make like put up videos on on his website to like give them hints. Yeah. You know, he's mm-hmm. playing the game with them. The guys making Hello Neighbor were like, "Oh, theory video gives us attention. Scrap what we were doing. We more put it all uh, into lore. Oh, what do we need for gameplay? I don't know, parkour. Parkour works. It's yeah, like, it guys, sense. if you Good can't enough. compete with Mario, you know, tying back here. If you can't compete with Mario for a 3D platformer, 
don't <laughs> don't don't even try yeah you know it's like stick with your original idea your game was so good so promising um yeah i sorry i feel kind of passionate about mm-hmm. this no you yeah, stick no, with the original really thing it's yeah. like yeah. you stick with what works and then if you have to you know if what if what you were doing doesn't work or like doesn't look right or like over time it doesn't look right like if you stick with a you create something and it's like oh well, it gets outdated really quickly well then you just go to nvidia and NVIDIA will help you make the old stuff look new, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what a transition. That was Aiden. a transition. <laughs> <laughs> I got to kick it forward. You know? uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 no, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, so that, that was my, uh, my little section was, uh, I was reading about this the other day, but NVIDIA basically announced, and they showed off a little bit, not a whole ton, but they showed off this new software that they're releasing called RTX Remix. And essentially what it is, is it it's a... Like a software that uses AI learning to create like basically instant automated remasters of classic games. So they showed it um, in their whole presentation for it. They showed a lot of it in Morrowind. And basically they would like they would show that like you could go in the game like into a into a room like or like a building or something. And then you could set the the RTX remix thing to go and then AI would like upscale all the textures. It would like detect what, um, like what material different things were made out of. And so like how light would naturally hit off of those different things. It would add like ray tracing to all the light sources and, um, and basically just like completely automatically remaster all these old games. That is so pretty. Look at that. And then at the same time, it was like, obviously the AI isn't going to catch everything. So we're going to give you all these tools to fix up anything the AI can't. So like in the example they used, they showed that like the AI, like there were these paper lanterns in this room and the AI... Um, like registered the paper as being like more opaque, and so opaque, 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 yeah. And you couldn't, um, so you so the light wasn't shining through. But then they just went in with their own tools and they like manually told it that it's see through paper of sorts. Paper. And then the engine like instant the program instantly was just instantly like okay then it, yeah ooh, then here's the light. And like they've also said that it's gonna, they're going to make it really easy to like add your own models in, so that like or even edit the existing models. edit the existing and, like, models. It seemed like they were allowing they were using like the game's library of assets is what it sounded mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and automatically detecting where those files are and importing them so that you could open them in your model editing software of choice, mm-hmm. and then export it automatically, save it, and then in real time it would update in. RTX's engine that's being used to base that basically took a 3D screenshot of the environment because you mm-hmm. didn't have to be in the game. You would just have to be in the room, tell our, the RTX software to basically grab the room, render it all, and then it would be like this completely separate instance. You could mm-hmm. close your game and then you would just have your 3D instance, and then as soon as you saved it there, it would then auto update it in your game's files. Like it was right. really cool that NVIDIA is basically just streamlining. Everything and just making it so that mm-hmm. basically when this is, when this releases to the public, which I think they said that it would, maybe not, I don't know, but it'll make it so easy to remaster old games. Mm-hmm. And like for reference, um, for people who are just like listening on audio or something or anything, but like for reference on how good this can look, the new portal with RTX. Oh my goodness! It's Actually, so I just saw an image of that. good. Was was made using this technology. It was made no, using RTX. So Remix. good, yeah. and like 
and that was like their big thing was like oh and like and that like that's that's how that that's uh that's how they're showing it off you know like I, I feel it like looks it, awesome. it really opens up the door to just the community to create because I imagine that it, that Nvidia will allow people or maybe it already is in there once it's released is like if people create you know the rtx remix of a game but they've edited assets and fixed the bugs that they can just export that as a file that somebody can then just import to their version mm. and it'll automatically do it because then it's like you don't need big game companies to go and remaster games anymore the community literally will do it in the steam in the steam <laughs> you know in the steam modding section in the steam right. community literally will just be like oh here is the nvidia file for right. it like, and yeah. just remaster any old game it work with it they here's we're far talking, cry 2 but it looks like here's far cry <laughs> 2 know, like, but it looks it like it was made gen, this year you know, like, yeah and to be fair there have been fans who have been doing that to a degree with games already but they yeah. give but it's like it but, takes forever yeah this will really streamline that i do worry though that like there will be some developers who just like could like revamp a game tighten up the mechanics do some cool things like they did with final fantasy 7 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and just be like nah nah i'll just rtx it yeah. well but, like, i would hope well I, I feel like at this, this point, thing? the community is smart enough to be like, wait a minute. This like, is, we could have done this. We could have done this. We're not buying your game. We're just going to mm -hmm. do it for free. I don't think companies yeah. are dumb enough to do that. Well, I'm not so... I'm sure someone's going to try. Not a big um, company, hopefully. Not a big company, but yeah. I, I'm more worried that like they just won't go through the effort of making a remaster that like helps with the, the programming, fixes annoying bugs, or maybe takes a, an old mechanic that was fun at the time and gives new life to it. They mm, might. I, I feel like what they what's more likely is that they'll take advantage of this RTX remix and use it in their development of being like, mm -hmm. okay, we're going to remaster a game. Let's start baseline using NVIDIA using software to give us a baseline of what's there. Now let's go and fix everything. Now let's fix the code because the remix isn't going to fix the code. Right. So it's right. like if they're mm -hmm. wanting to remaster a game, the whole lot more goes into the remaster than just fixing graphics. So they, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they used it as a baseline to get a lot yeah. of the nitty gritty out of the way without, without having to completely remake the game in a new engine. They right. just upscale mm -hmm. it and then alter the code so that it works in the pre-existing engine. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how many pixels and polygons you add, it won't unspaghetti your code. Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very true. You cannot unspaghetti spaghetti code with graphics. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, what are you I, doing I over there? Oh, you know, just unspaghettiing un my spaghetti code. See, the game that I hope that gets this is, are the, the KOTOR games. I want the Knights oh. of the Republic. Because, like, the remaster of the first one, who knows when that's coming out. Yeah. And once this, once this NVIDIA stuff comes live, somebody please just, for the time being, just remaster at least one of them so that yeah. we have something to hold us over. Because Yeah, and then send it to us, please. And then no. just put it out for the community <laughs> to use. Us specifically. Put so a link in us. the comments. Well, <laughs> I don't have an RTX graphics card. Mine can't run yeah. any of the RTX software, but I feel like it would just help with a lot of those older games and even ones that are being remastered just to like satiate the community. Mm. For instance, like, here you go. Here's just the same game. It looks better. Here's a hint of, you know, you'll yeah. get something better down the line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... And I feel like a lot of those old games, they really do hold up gameplay-wise. It's just that's true. It's there just are plenty of graphics. You know? Yeah, I think this would be fun. Like if you could do it to games from GameCube and Wii. You know, mm. I mean, Nintendo's going to be really strict about like playing these games on anything but their own consoles. Well, yeah, and good luck upscaling them and then playing them legally, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I don't think it, it's going to happen legally um but it would be darn cool to be able to do that upscaled melee even though it already looks really good 
Yeah, I mean, just, hey, add a little extra sheen to it. It doesn't take much. No. no I, I mean, want to be playing Wii Sports Resort sword fighting. With <laughs> rage racing. <laughs> with rage racing. RTX. Realistic <laughs> water at the bottom. You're playing bowling and the pins just shimmer perfectly in the light. You can see your Mii's reflection in the bowling ball and on the wooded lanes. <laughs> oh, it would be glorious. That's so Make it happen, Nintendo. <laughs> we need it. Come on, Nintendo. The NVIDIA-Nintendo partnership that we didn't know we wanted. No, I, I would love that collab, actually. That's actually really cool. funny. Oh, I mean, I know Nintendo has never really had a focus of being like... Visually... Visual like they, they make yeah never visually groundbreaking but always visually strong you know like mm-hmm. every game looks good but they're they've never had the priority of like yes this is the most hd game you've ever well, seen and they right. don't go for realistic graphics either. they they, right. they lean heavily into stylized. artistic the, the, the artistic stylized because it's like when you go artistic and stylized like wind waker that came out over a decade ago still holds up visually because mm-hmm. the art direction they chose isn't one that ages yeah it's and more timeless whereas if you go and look at like you know the old resident evil games yeah. You're like, yeah, I was literally okay, thinking those of that. Are, <laughs> yeah, they're hard. Yeah, and even like the or even like just old Tomb Raider, a, a, old Tomb Raider, or older Call of Duty <laughs> games. You're like, these yeah. are really like they're rough. Yeah, they're rough. They're going down. But then if you go for the artistic, cartoony style, you can get a decade later and it'll still hold up. Well, and yeah. and it can run things on a slightly less powerful. I mean, because like you look at the Switch, right? The Switch is not a powerful machine. It's no. it's pretty weak, but. It can still run games that look really good, like Breath of the Wild, mm. because Breath of the Wild is so stylized. Like, Breath of the Wild looks gorgeous, but it's not because it's, like, technically demanding. It's because its art style is gorgeous yeah. and can still run you, you on just, you choose machines. You choose the artistic style when you're like, we don't want to have to... If, we, if you're wanting a game that has a long lifespan, you don't want to be like five years into the game's life, you're like, uh-oh, we're starting to like, right. we're starting to look mm. bad, which is what Blizzard did with Overwatch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dang it. I was about to make that transition. <laughs> <laughs> I beat you to it. So my big topic, and honestly, probably the biggest thing in gaming this week, unless something like really was under the rug that we all missed. So Overwatch 2 released officially on the 4th on Tuesday, and immediately was DDoS, day one. So, Ben, that would be why you were not able to get into queue along with the rest of the world. Yeah, I've, there's been so many people complaining about it on Reddit and I'm elsewhere. Haunted. They, haunted they were DDoS twice, actually, from what was told by the president of Blizzard as well as Aaron Keller, the, now, the, the game director. Now, was this DDoS like an actual cyber attack, or was it just because so many people were trying to hop on? No, it, from the way that they worded it, it was an actual targeted attack. Now, oh. the servers were obviously flooded, but like, and like you expect a queue, like day one, okay, fine. Yeah. But it was more so the instability of the servers. You would get in and there was no guarantee you were, I mean, people were, I would, I, you'd be in for an hour and then get booted out and then you have to go wait in queue. If Oof. you were lucky to even finish the queue, you'd have server errors. Yeah. People were brave enough to go into the competitive queue day one. I'd, well, but there were other things like, even like the queue would be like, I'd be sitting there, I'd queue in and it would be like, oh, you're like 40,000th in queue. And I was like, okay, great. And then it would <laughs> finally, I'd leave it there on for like and forever. It would drop. And it would drop and it would eventually it would get down to zero. And I'd be like, now is the time. Oof. Now I get to see what they did to Bastion. And then back up. And then like server like failed to connect. And then you retry, And then you're 40,000 uh, so like, again. And I, just, I was struggling to get in because of just all of that. But luckily, so... It released. Wait, hold on, hold on. I have one thing to say. Okay. Um, I don't want to say this before you move on because, so basically, you're telling me, you're telling me that because of the DDoS and the long wait times, it turned from a team based shooter into a customer service 
simulator well, on no, the customer's well, end. <laughs> it was a PVE game where it was the <laughs> players versus the uh, versus the cute the environment. The cute. Your match is very important to us, and, and will be answered was, in the order really received. What was really funny is all the, like the, the content creators were like releasing, you know, tweeting out. They're like Overwatch Two experience, and it's literally just the queue, and it would like get to the end, the menu would boot up, and then it would immediately disconnect them from the server. So that was like day one experience for a lot of people. But luckily for us Americans, it was released. It actually, the service actually went live noon, Mountain Daylight, mm. but then it wasn't officially released till one. And so, luckily, because of when it was released, the people over in Asia, they're not awake. So, what was found uh. is you could backdoor log in through the Asian servers, <laughs> and it would connect you to the <laughs> North American servers, and you'd have normal ping. In fact, I have better That's ping hilarious. on Overwatch 2 than I ever did in Overwatch 1 by about half. Like, I'm getting twice mm. as good of wow. ping. And so, that was what was discovered, is you could backdoor through Asia, and it would get you <laughs> into the server, so that even when you disconnect, you could just backdoor through. You'd still have to wait in the queue, but you were more likely to get in get than in. if you did through NA. That is such so a... So I was able to get to in, and apparently, Court, you I did eventually my get in, yeah, because I, uh, I texted him, and I was like, are you able to get into Overwatch 2? Because I've been sitting at this queue screen for, like, Yeah, no, just years. backdoor through Asia, and oh, it, it lets you in. So I was able to play it. So, Court, what were what are your... Because it, it, it booted you into the first-time player experience, didn't it? It did, because I played a little bit when I had it on my PlayStation, but then I had heard that connecting it with, like, your console account also caused like additional issues so i figured i'll I'll hold off on that yeah um and also i don't have my playstation 4 anymore so i don't know you couldn't have done that so like but so i just signed in and didn't link anything so it booted me up with like the the controversial like first time user experience uh program thing that runs where basically it booted me in and it was like okay go through the tutorial and then it was like you have to play like a certain amount of normal matches before you can start unlocking here. Start unlocking like other modes or other heroes. So, like the whole time I was playing, the only modes I could play were like the offline or not offline, but like the against bots, the training, the training and zone, quick play. and quick play. And it was like okay, you beat like you played one match. Here's Diva, and you played two matches. Here's Cassidy, and you played three matches. Here's et cetera, et cetera, until you reach Echo and Junker Queen. Yeah, Virginia. and they're like all up there at the end. But which is like I understand where they're going with it. I also don't want to wait until after I played forty matches. Oh yeah, and as an experienced player, Bastion, you know, like it's it's kind of weird, and and that's what. A lot of the community, it's the, the people who are most vocal about the new, the first time user experience are experienced players who have been playing for years and saying, that's dumb. Yeah. It's like, oh, mm. why do, why would you lock all these heroes, you know, behind playtime? And then it's like, but it's not for you. Yeah. And it's like, and it's, it's, you have to like, you have to understand that it's like, they put that in there for players who have never played Overwatch once. Right. And boot in and see 36 heroes League of Legends is bad enough, and you don't. They don't give you access to all the heroes in League. No. And Overwatch mm -hmm. has thirty six heroes who right. are all unique, all of Very different play unique. styles. Yeah. And if you're the first time player, you boot in and see thirty six heroes. It was beneficial. Oh, yeah. I started playing when they were under thirty. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know. like for a first time player, it makes and sense. it's like, and it's like I don't have to go through the first time experience because if I just link with my old account, yeah. I'll be fine. So yeah, you it's know? annoying to an experienced player who'll think it's dumb, but it's not for you. Like yeah. they don't care what you think. You're not supposed to be doing it. What is weird is that if you buy the battle pass, 
you immediately skip the first time. Well, that's strategic. <laughs> yeah. But like, which which is a, which is a weird kind of thing that they did. Yeah. Well, pay to but skip happens a lot in video games nowadays. It's an easy you way know. to make money. Yeah. And on a free to play model, they, whatever yeah, way they practically can. your only source of income. Yeah. Like yeah. they right. need these microtransactions to to turn a profit. So I bet you, Aiden, you're probably interested in hearing what my first time experience was like with, with Overwatch. Q. Download an installation. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it's a fifty <laughs> no, like, gig game. Yeah, and and my my internet is slow. So when, last night after midnight, you just let it go. I, I I turned it on to install. This morning I woke up with a raging headache, just awful. It took me uh-huh. forever to get out of bed because it just it hurt so bad. I'd roll over and it would just ah. Uh, I still feel it a bit right now. We get all the way to like ten eleven ish. I finally am able to get out of there and I'm like starting to actually like get off the grogginess and my wife's like, man, my computer's so slow. And I'm like, (laughs) you loaded it with Overwatch. Wait a second. And I'm like, have you, is it just the internet that's so? And she's like, well, I don't do anything that doesn't use the internet. I'm like, hold on. I go over to my laptop. Overwatch is still installing yeah. at ten thirty oh, in the no. morning. It's been running for a, like a little under ten hours. Yeah, I installed that thing in <laughs> twenty minutes using Heritage's yeah. Wi-Fi. Yeah, so I, I mean, was, it downloads fast. I was planning on coming to campus yesterday, but then like a lot of stuff happened, and I just you'll get make there. It. You'll get to yeah. experience Overwatch. So I will, and I think uh, have you played Ben Overwatch? No, he, he, he played Q Simulator. Q Simulator. Okay, so here's what here's here's what I plan to do. Right, I'm going to give it a few days. For all this to get worked yep, out. Yeah, I would definitely do that. Next week. You'll come and give us I'm your going thoughts. To give, I'm going to play some Overwatch. I'm going to give you guys my new player experience. For the audience's sake, I'll tell you, my entire experience with Overwatch has been about eight or so minutes. Because somebody stuck a laptop Exactly, in yeah. I was at a Super Smash Bros. tournament, This, and I'm sitting there on the couch enjoying the matches. All of a sudden, someone throws a laptop into my lap, just walks it behind me, sets it down, and is like, keep me alive, it's my turn. He runs off to play Super Smash Bros. I think I was playing D.Va, that's the one with the, the exosuit, the right? The mech, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the mech. And I'm just running around like, I have no idea what's going <laughs> on. I don't even see the indicators for whose team people are on. I don't know who I'm supposed that to That is shoot. your Overwatch experience. Yeah, but I, I didn't die. Good job. I didn't there die. He go. played his he played his match in the Came tournament. Came back, took it back. He took his laptop back, and apparently I hadn't screwed him over that bad. So nice. I have. Well, that'll be good to good to <laughs> hear. Means you're better at Overwatch than I am because I died <laughs> immediately upon getting into a match. And so maybe if I actually try, I'll be pretty good. Who knows? Yeah, well, and you'll play against other new players, so yeah, you know, things mm-hmm. will be good. And and having opened it up, um, Cor, what are your opinions on the battle pass now that you've seen it? Have you gotten far in the battle pass at all? Uh, I mean, I'm only on like level five. No, I'm on level twenty. Because I don't, I don't get the, I don't get the twenty percent boost because I haven't bought the battle. Ah, pass. see, I get the twenty percent boost because I shilled out money back in June and to like, get access to the beta and the first three battle passes. Oh <laughs> yeah. man. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, like, it, it does. I, I wish there was a bit more in the battle pass, like a bit more skins wise. True, but. It's only ten bucks, but though. for a ten buck, I don't think it's that bad of a battle. No, I, I think it's pretty good. Uh, having seen it, honestly, it feels better to level up a battle pass than it did to just get a level and a mm. loot box in Overwatch One. Mm. I think the I think the battle pass is handled fine. A lot of people have problems with it just because they're like, "Oh, battle pass, oh, battle pass." But for yeah. ten bucks, you get eighty tiers of skins, sprays, charms, emotes. I've, I don't see anything wrong yeah. with it. No, truthfully. I think I think it's I think it's pretty good. I mean. 
I, like the only battle pass I really have to compare is it Fortnite. to is Fortnite. And Fortnite's basically like the industry standard. Everyone aims right. to be like Fortnite's battle and pass. Fort's not, Fortnite's Except Age like, of Empires. Which doesn't have a battle pass. <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember that. The Geneva against the Geneva Convention. Um, <laughs> but, but like, I don't know, with Fortnite's battle pass, it's like, 10 bucks ish roughly yeah. and you get about eight different skins and their accompanying like cosmetics, cosmetics. And each skin is like a different character and yeah. there's like different skins for the different characters obviously it's much different with overwatch because with overwatch when it's a different character they play completely different they play different you know yeah. like whereas fortnite they're all the same fortnite, they're all the same. you are how they're you all, but it's just like what they look like you know so it's mm. so it makes more sense that fortnite can kind of afford to put out like Eight characters eight for characters, Battle Pass, yeah. you know. Whereas Overwatch is, you've got a whole cast of a heroes. Whole cast you of can heroes, fit right. them all into just eighty tiers, right? And I think it handles well because it's like, it's not necessary to. I mean, I guess unless you unless you are a completely free to play player and you want to make the argument that Kiriko being locked behind the Battle Pass is a problem. I don't have an opinion on that because I bought the Battle Pass, so I have her instantly. Did you feel like you were missing out by not being able to play Kiriko? Um, I mean. Yes and no, because I feel like if I had linked my account and I had all the heroes You would have Kiriko. Well, no, you would have had Kiriko. Oh, you're right, I would have had Kiriko. Then I would. At the moment, I don't really feel it because... You would I have also had Jinker Queen and I also don't Sojourn. have, like, any of the other characters. Yeah, so know, like, it's like, I feel like anybody who cares... Anyone who feels so heavily about not having Kiriko or anything would buy it. Yeah. And I'm, it's like all Overwatch 1 players already have her. Right. By the time I unlock every of the uh, like all of the other characters, I will have Kiriko. Yeah, and so I I think it works well. I think the battle pass works well. Gameplay wise, a lot of the see what I don't know is if it's a vocal minority or it's actually a lot of people. So a lot of people have complained that aiming has been weird in Overwatch Two huh. because of some weird controller settings. People have complained that it just they don't like the gameplay. Sounds like a skill issue. Yeah, I'm just gonna be honest. I I enjoy I enjoy um, Overwatch Two. It felt really nice. I have enjoyed playing it, and I want to continue playing it. I, visually, visually, I think there are some things. The problem that I had with Overwatch Two, some things, is that it feels like Blizzard simplified a lot of the visuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like the UI seems really stripped down a little bit visually the menu as well it doesn't it's not like it, not like there's anything wrong with simplicity like mm-hmm. you don't want it to be cluttered but it feels like they sa- they sacrifice like detail for simplicity yeah. like the best example i have is like between rounds when it shows round like the round numbers mm. where it, where it used to be like this cool gradient of color with background and yeah. now it's like something you could make in Microsoft Paint right. where it's like a red square a blue square and some other smaller squares and that's it yeah and I'm like yeah. really I think what's happening there and, and this has happened in other games as well um, is I don't know why and hey, if 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 you listener if if if, if any developers of these major games are listening. I want you to pay attention to this. <laughs> Assume, wow. yeah, uh, high aspirations for me, right? Like, <laughs> you AAA developers listening? <laughs> yeah, you AAA developers who I know are listening. No, um, look, yeah, mobile games out of a lot of success. No, you should not emulate their user interface. Please, the user no. interface of a mobile game is designed for a touchscreen on a small phone. Oh, yeah, it is not the secret to their success. The secret to their success is, well, often just conning people out of their money on mobile platforms. Don't do that either, though. Yeah, don't do that either. Gotcha um, systems should stay in mobile games. Yes. 
The, the secret of their success is using their platform well. You are not on their platform. <laughs> you are on a console or a computer. So don't turn it into these like fat and simplistic icons and take away the detail from a computer or PC console screen. Just uh. are you calling out a specific game? Um, there's a handful of them. Um, why? Why? Of course. Now that I'm trying to bring it up, um, Overwatch Two. Overwatch well, 2. no, Overwatch <laughs> yeah. 2 doesn't... They just kind of take, like, the detail off of what's there. So they aren't, yeah. like, big and, like, oh, this could be played on mobile. It, it's more or less what is there just doesn't look... Doesn't look finished? Doesn't look... Well, it looks finished. It just doesn't look as detailed as Overwatch. Yeah. It's weird that Overwatch 2, with its UI and stuff, looks simpler and not as cool as Overwatch, Overwatch 1's one. that came out yeah. six years ago. I think... Okay, I think I remember which game it was. It was the new release of Modern Warfare 2. Mm. Oh, I think I remember hearing uh, about yeah, that. Yeah. It was it was crap. And it, honestly, there have been elements of that in AAA titles for a few years now of just like these big convoluted icons, menus. convoluted menus, simplified things that just like don't work well on PC or consoles. And it's just like the, the UI has been getting either like way overcomplicated and weird or like dumbed down so mobile way game too levels. much. Yeah. And it's like, guys, don't know. You had something good going yeah. already. Like, I will give Overwatch to, like, it. everything works. Like, I don't look at the menu, I'm like, what's the purpose of this? It just doesn't, yeah. I'm like, there could be. It's not pretty enough. It's, it's got you could do better. Like, yeah. Like, the, the competitive skill icons, like, w took a back, they stepped backwards from what they oh, were. Oh, right, yeah. I didn't he, he's just desensitized. That. He needs colorful explosions and fireworks going on at well, all no, times. Well, no, they have them. They have In order those. to be engaged. <laughs> they actually <laughs> added a lot more, <laughs> they added a lot more color and stuff to particle effects. It's just the UI specifically, they kind of stripped it of some things. But overall, I'm happy with it, and uh, this is definitely a game I am ready to religiously sing my life into for the next foreseeable <laughs> future, like the first one. Because now I can see my complete game time of Xbox and PC right there. I'm like, oh, I it's mean, all in one place. I mean, for me, it goes like this. The visuals of Overwatch and versus Overwatch 2 boil down to Overwatch 1, Bastion does not have a hat. Overwatch 2... <laughs> Bastion, Bastion has a hat. Has now, a do you hat. consider that a good thing or a bad thing? I consider that a very good thing. Bastion, okay. Bastion is a cute boy. <laughs> the hat, the hat <laughs> does it. See? Look, the the, look, look, at, his look at his little hat. hat. Look at his little hat. Look at his little hat. Oh, okay, it's so I do cute. love that. It's a cute little it's hat. It's so cute. That's like if you took the guy from Titanfall and gave him a baseball cap. That's so precious. And a little birdie on his shoulder. And a little, little Ganymede. Ganymede. <laughs> I, I just love Overwatch 2. I, I, I don't know if it's just like... People specifically having just wanting to target hated Overwatch 2 or, or Blizzard, they just go out of their way to say that it's a bad game. They flop. Oh, what are they? I'm like, I don't care. I love this game. I love the mm -hmm. first game. I'm going to keep playing this game. Let's go. Yeah. Let's so, go Team 4. I got a curious question for you, Aiden, uh, because you're the most Overwatchy guy among us. Um, don't. Sorry. Stop. <laughs> Bro. There's the first cringe. Cringe, cringe, cringe spotted. It mind. wasn't me this time. <laughs> cringe spotted. Um, so now Overwatch originally i don't think they ever really had a set for what they thought the lifetime of the game would be for the first game and they they have officially shut it down so it had it had a, a given lifetime do you expect overwatch 2 to have a lifetime before they do a sequel or do you feel no, like they're so, trying to bring it towards more so of a here, just perpetual as long as people play it they'll keep it running so here's the thing with overwatch 1 overwatch 1 initially was not designed to be a live service game the developers at the time uh, and I guess even looking back when they speak about it, it was not set up or made with the intention of being live, live service. It just kind of, they were forced to 
make it become that mm. because of how the gaming industry was. And so Overwatch 2 from the get-go is being developed as live service. This thing is going to last. Overwatch 1 was not made that way. And that was why it struggled in the later years because now they're like, oh, we can't make, we can't turn this game that was, wasn't designed to be a live service into a live service. We have to make a new game to do that. And then with all the stuff with the sexual harassment allegations that went on and Bobby mm-hmm. Kotick, you know, him, it just kind of <laughs> like they had problems. They couldn't keep Overwatch 1 going and alive while also focusing on Overwatch 2. And then the reason it took three years just to get the PvP out was because they got two years in and they realized, oh, this is, we're, we're taking too long. And they decoupled the PvP. And the version of the PvP that is out now, they made in one year. Hmm. So everyone that's looking at me like three years, all we get is a couple, a new game mode, a couple new maps, three new heroes. Why is this taking three years? It's like, no, that didn't take three. It took one, which hmm. if you look at it, that perspective, the Overwatch 2 that we have being created in one year is insane Yeah, because they just had a lot of problems. But Overwatch 1 was not made at the outset to be a live service. Overwatch 2 is. And because it's Blizzard we're talking about, I imagine Overwatch 2 will go at least six years, if not longer. And okay. And to be completely honest, this is kind of a this is this is me personally. This is this is Quartz Overwatch 2 take. But I think what we have right now is sort of a early version of Overwatch 2, and I think the full Overwatch 2 experience is gonna come next year when they release the PvE stuff. PvE. Because that was the big like hook for Overwatch 2 was like there's going to be story missions and there's going to be PvE stuff and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And obviously that didn't release with this right now, but it is going to come next year. Next year. 2023. And when that happens, I think there'll be a big like this is Overwatch There's a lot of people that are waiting specifically for PvE. Yeah. And I'm one of them. Like I'm I'm very very excited for PvE because I'm bad at PvP. Yeah, I just play I yeah. I yeah. I would say that over my 4000 hours of gameplay, at least 3500 hours are competitive, if not more. All right. Mm. So I am part of the competitive queue that that plays it and I will play the PvE but I love Overwatch 2 just for the PvP it just feels right. better and I enjoy playing I feel like 5v5 makes the game feel so much faster the removal of one tank removes a lot of the static just boring you're just going to stand like in a door just stand guarding. in a doorway and not yeah. do anything for the whole match it, everything just feels faster and it just you know is more fluid and I've just enjoyed playing I it. will say, in the few matches I've played, I get killed at a much faster rate than I did in the <laughs> one, last, one last tank will do that for you, especially if you're playing yeah. support. So yeah. That's how we know that Overwatch 2 is better. The rate at which Court dies in the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the level of uh, the, how good a game is directly correlates with the amount how of times... How often I die? Court's death per 10. Court's death per 10. Court deaths per 10 measured on a scale. <laughs> That's our new. That's our new game rating. Elden metric. Ring is. That's the reason why Elden Ring is so good. Court oh, dies because I die every race. And I so fast. They just can't. They're like this game is too good. Too good. Too good. Too good. Too good. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good wrap up to our gaming news. Do you guys think so? I would say so. That's yeah. yeah. Oh, right. one shout out though. Steam is having a massive Sega mega sale right now. Like, a lot mm. of games are on sale. Uh, we're, like, we're talking upward sale for Sega games, or is that it's just... It's what like, it seems like. So, okay. any games that Sega... A lot of the games that Sega was involved in either making, publishing, are on sale. And we're talking, like, some upwards of, like, 75% off. 
Like you can go oh, and wow. get Sonic Mania for like five bucks, which is a Bro. steal. Or Sonic Origins, I think it is. Uh, no, it's not. It's Sonic Mania, I think. Uh, but a lot of the games. So I think they're you know one of the Persona games is on there. Some Sonic games are on there. And then they're also having Next Fest, which is like kind of an event they have that goes for like a week or so where they highlight a bunch of indie games, games in early access, basically just a bunch of creators coming together and showing off their games for everybody to see. And it's like goes for like seven, eight days. So with the wow. Sega sale, if you want to, if, if you've been looking to get all of the Total War game, the Total War Warhammer games, because like the more of them you have, the more factions you have. I think the I think those are on there. I yeah. didn't look. I did see one of them. But now might be that. the time to do one. it because mm. get one, two, and three. Get all the factions. Yeah, just I mean, there's a I mean, a sixty to seventy five percent off of any yeah. game. It's like that turns a twenty dollar game into a five dollar game. Right. Real fast. I mean, that was yeah. how I bought. I bought Sonic Generations for a dollar. <laughs> Not on you know, not on this sale, but like on a Steam sale. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a, a, a dollar. You gotta love Steam sales. Yeah, there yeah. aren't. The next one is coming up at the end of the month. Halloween sale. I don't remember. The, I think it's the seventeenth. Spooky games. I wanna. Yeah, I wanna see what they what they put on. I think I'm it's excited. the 17th. But anyways, yeah, Steam. Mm. Nah, I just wanted to throw a shout out to Steam. Yeah. Big shout out to Gabe. <laughs> Gabe Newell. <laughs> Gabe Newell supplying us with inexpensive games since. Whatever your Steam launched. <laughs> birth of, since Adam and Eve, Steam Gabe Newell has been there. <laughs> and now let's move on to our main segment. Well, main segment, main news. Everything is main. Either way, our fun piece for today, which is our gaming hot takes. Now, I'm sure we all have some fun opinions to share with the group, but who believes their hot take is spicy enough to go first. I want I want to see some hands in the air. I think mine could be, but I feel like it could only be for only for court. But I could I could be completely wrong, but I feel like because of what I know of the games that court plays, that tells me a little bit about <laughs> and I feel like my hot take indirectly or or directly goes just in the face in of the everything face I hold of, dear. Uh, in the face of a lot of it. <laughs> this is this yeah. this is this podcast is actually going to so like, turn I don't, to me you know, and Kyle Aiden Ben. Fist I don't think that. I, I think you two. Cage match. I think you two, Kyle and Ben, will be like, oh, but it won't like you won't like take it personally because it won't directly impact you because of how I'm pretty sure you play games. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if nobody else thinks that they have one that is even remotely close, then I will go first. I think I have the hottest take. Ever, okay, but then, I want okay. I want to go last. Okay, okay, yeah. Ben okay. yeah mine is probably only really like his. Aiden has a hot take for court. I have a hot take for Aiden. Okay, I feel, oh. like, I feel like it only <laughs> kind of is yours directly attached you to Kyle. Uh, I mean, it could be. I don't know. Maybe that would be hilarious. Right, we well, just go, let's around, just the go table. around the table. <laughs> All right. Well, then I'll have Ben start. Let's ben go, start. Ben. Right. He's gonna come directly at me about an Overwatch take or something. <laughs> come on, Ben. Let's let's hear it. So. This is probably goofy coming from the guy wearing the esports jersey right now. Oh. <laughs> I don't think esports is a sport. Ooh. I well, I don't think that's a hot. T- I think that's valid. Mm-hmm. It, it could be for some people. I've heard plenty of people arguing that esports is a sport, and I've heard plenty of people do the other way. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing is that you know, sport is defined as a intense physical activity done competitively, mm. and so yeah. I do not. Esports is an intense mental activity mm-hmm. done competitively. As someone who regularly attends the gym and knows what intense <laughs> physical activity feels like, you can. And say. also, someone who I literally has three esports games tomorrow. Um, they do not compare. I can say that they do not compare. I will say that, like esports, I am fine with the term esports. 
because esports has a much better ring to it than competitive video gaming. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm totally fine with the term esports, but using it as a stepping stone to saying that, oh, esports is a sport because it makes you sweat. Not just because you're a sweaty nerd. Not because <laughs> it's physically out. Out in our all, all four of us just got oh. out in there. <laughs> I will not lie. I I sweat when I get in intense games. But because you never touch grass. <laughs> no, I I think that's valid. And even though there are pushes, I I haven't looked into it recently. Pushes to get it into the Olympics. I don't remember how that's going. I don't think it should be in the Olympics. I think there I could think be so. like an yeah. esports Olympics. That yeah. would be yeah, that sick. Would be where be it was to... just it was solely a video game world, based basically world, world cup for world all cup for, for League all of games. Legends, Dodo, Raw. That would actually be sick. That'd be dope. Ben, I think you've just pitched my favorite international event ever. Slapping made. it into the Olympics itself would also have to imply, you know, let's go on and add chess in there too. Like Magnus Carlsen, get him a gold medal or something. Uh, yeah. pretty sure. um, I'm like, pretty sure there is, I think chess is Olympic, actually further to be in the yeah, Olympics than Because the games. Olympic yeah. National Committee I, or International Committee or something like that has, if I remember correctly, classified chess as a sport. Chess as a sport. And see, yeah. that's the problem. If mm-hmm. they classify chess as a sport, they have to classify video games as a sport. Because, yeah. That's, and that's a slippery slope that I don't think should be gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because no. I don't think chess is a sport. Yeah. No, I, I would I'm, love an Olympics video. But that game would be thing. sick. That because Overwatch, so cool. Overwatch did that for a little bit, and and League basically. I mean, the international is basically a World Cup for League, and yeah. the Overwatch and and Overwatch had a World Cup in 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. Uh, yeah, they had four World Cups, and they had national teams of. You know, China played North uh, South North Korea. <laughs> China <laughs> China played South Korea. Thailand played. Germany was there. France was there. so. It's like only players in that country played, and it was sick because they did it at BlizzCon. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if they did something where it was like game every game, every country had teams. That would yeah. actually be sick. Like it's like it's like the Olympics, but every instead of the different events, it'd like be the different, different sports, it's different games. That'd but they're so all at cool. once. Yeah. yeah. It's just the issue with like you know qualifying the League of Legends World Tur- Championship to be kind of like the Olympics is just like teams are mixed back, teams bit. are so mixed there were mm. 15 players coming to represent North American teams at the World Championship you've got Cloud9 Evil Geniuses 100 but there's a mostly Korean players on those teams um, right? they were three North American players yep oh. Overwatch, is, Overwatch is the same way yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's like it's close but Overwatch is the same way you, even though you have these teams that are based in Dallas or Houston it's like 80% Korean players and then mm-hmm. a sprinkle. And is that like American Korean? Like they were born in America, but they're Korean heritage? No, straight, or like straight up straight Korean. Yeah, like, from Korea. Korean is their first yeah. language. They are living in America because that's where they're employed. So, you know. Yeah. But I, I don't think that's a ho- I think that's reasonable. And I agree mm-hmm. with you on that based on the definition. So I, you hyped that one up way more. Well, and no, I was, I like, was no. just <laughs> saying like, you're, I'm pretty sure you're the only one other than me oh, that is so into esports. That can uh, so that would that. Yeah, yeah. only yeah. impact you. Yeah, but I, I, think, I think, think it could be. Yeah, I think you make a good point though that like having a separate Olympic style tournament for esports, especially if we do manage to do something that does control for like, yeah, having national teams so where it's not as like, so oh, sick. I'm just going to move from my country to some other place to make it easier to compete in the Olympics over the esports Olympics over there. It's more like like what they do with the, you know, sports Olympics, the physical Olympics. And once you control for that, you can have a really fun tournament of national teams really like awesome we event. have with the Olympics. And of course, I think with the the World Cup, it's the the way it's set up now is fine. Like, go play for what team you want to, you know? Mm. It's more about the teams themselves than the nations they represent at yeah, this yeah. point. Um, so, uh, yeah. good take, good take. So then I think mine might... I, I, we'll see, we'll okay, see. Yours yeah. going to be the spiciest. Yeah. My take... Aiden. 
I think that the PlayStation DualShock controller is the worst controller out of the top used like general controllers. Nah, okay. I uh, do not like okay, wait, the DualShock. DualShock as in like <laughs> the PlayStation yes. controller. Like the PlayStation 4 controller. Any of the PlayStation controllers. <laughs> I think they all fundamentally are designed poorly. Okay, that does that is a hot take for me because oh you play I, I played on a PlayStation. My PlayStation was the first. Actually, well, technically a Wii was, but a first like PlayStation Three. I got a PlayStation two. Four. Back, yeah, it was I, with the release of the first Star Wars Battlefront. Oh, okay, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, original, original, but like the the, 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 the new the the first one. EA one. And so, Dice. I got a PlayStation Four. I've played on Xbox controllers. I despise how the other th- joystick is. See, like th- three inches. I the other despise one. <laughs> how on the PlayStation controllers the D-pad is put there because as someone who grew up on GameCube, yeah, it's like having it just feels weird. I'm, I don't like, and I've played on PlayStation. And I love PlayStation games, and I played on, but the controller, I will never choose a PlayStation controller over any of the other choices. You know, I got to side with Aiden on this one, actually. Whenever I hold a PlayStation controller, which is not often... Um, Your fingers in- instinctively as they, they a Nintendo game, places, right? It as just Nintendo, goes up. Yeah, I, it just feels weird to me. The controller feels either... like in, in many cases, honestly, I find I hold a PlayStation controller, I'm like, this is too skinny. Um, it is and short and long. It's kind of yeah, long. And like, I don't know, they've never been comfortable in my hands. Yeah, I've never, I, I feel never that. enjoyed using a PlayStation. You know, controller. I don't outright hate them, bec- but I might if I played more often with them because it, they just don't feel comfortable. Yeah, and it's it's like an upbringing thing of the games that we play and the consoles yeah. we played. And like, if you grew up with PlayStation, well, then yeah, you'll love a PlayStation controller because it's what you grew up with. Yeah, so it sounds like we got that for Ben and Court. You guys like your PlayStation. Well, okay, okay. Well, no, hold on, hold on, What are you going to say? Yeah. I've, been, I've been building up a response over here because here's the thing I know that I play a lot of PlayStation games and I talked about a lot of them but I consider myself a fairly platform neutral gamer I have a Switch I have an Xbox I have a PS5 and I have a PC Man and, of the people, and I, and I a like, man of the people. And I also have a Quest so I guess VR can in there too nice. but, but it's like and I like them all but I think honestly I disagree with you but not in the way that you think because you say oh. that the Dual Shock is the worst controller and I'll do you one better. I think the PS5's new Dual Sense. I haven't used the PS5 even controller. worse. How is it? Mm. How can it get worse? I just I it feels so fragile. I'm always afraid <laughs> of breaking it, and I'm like, and I'm so afraid of breaking it <laughs> on like, top of the design difference. Right, like, oh, and like I'll man. play it and I'll like it, but like if I'm playing a game on my PC and I need a controller for it. I will not use my PlayStation 4 controller. I will not use my PlayStation 5 controller. I will use my Xbox Series S controller because the Xbox controllers are well designed. They don't feel fat. That's... I've and never used a PlayStation fragile. 5 controller, so I can't... Have you used a PlayStation 5 controller? The only controller I've, like, regularly used is the PlayStation 4 I've heard that the controller. PlayStation 4 is the best of the ones there. I just don't like the design of the PlayStation controller. I, I do like the PlayStation 4 controller. I do. I, I do like, not like... The design is just... I mean, maybe it's just Sony. They're like, no, we're going to be different for everyone else. And to be fair, when they were when the first PlayStation came out, what controller were they competing with? The N sixty four controller, yeah. <laughs> which is like the most unorthodox that is game. A weird like, controller for so it. it's like at, at the time, it's not like they were they weren't handed human. They weren't yeah. competing. <laughs> they weren't competing with controllers that had you know the standardized thumbsticks that Xbox and GameCube had. Yeah. Right. So it's like they they had that design first, and then when they went to the PS two, they're like, all right, we're just going to improve upon it, and that's just kind of what they stuck with. Yeah. Same how they don't put letters on the the buttons they put shapes there was so. this uh, meme I saw a while back that was like uh, what was it right so PlayStation controller philosophy 
If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Xbox controller philosophy. Innovate. Nintendo p- controller philosophy. Parkour! <laughs> throw, <laughs> do whatever you throw want. Throw stuff at the wall and seize with, I mean, what do we got? We, we literally went from like the standard GameCube to literally a rectangle yeah. to a game tablet to smaller rounded rectangle. Right. <laughs> I think the most, before that was the N64, which the was the Trident. The, Trident. <laughs> the Trident. The most similar we've ever really had Nintendo controllers were the original Nintendo Entertainment System and the Super and Nintendo. And the SNES. Yeah. And those were literally just like, hey, let's take the arcade controls and put it in a smaller box you can carry away from the console. Yeah. (laughs) Nintendo really does. Jason's saying, I think the Pro Switch is one of the best to hold. Yeah, the Switch can, I feel like the the Pro Switch, because they went back to like, they went back to like, what controller did we make that everybody still use? They're like, oh, the GameCube controller. Well then let's just make a, more modern version of that slightly. slightly. Oh, I'm gonna be the, I'm gonna be the voice of dissent here because uh, <laughs> I don't use a switch, so I, I, pro controllers aren't one. I, I have to. a pro controller, and I feel the same way with it that I do with the PS5 controller. It is a little. It's not the I, most ergonomic. I, no. I feel like it's like it feels good, but I feel like so stressed when I'm. You feel like it's it fragile because I'm, I'm always like I'm gonna break this thing, and it's costs really? like eighty dollars, really? and I don't want to break it. You I've know, never like, felt that way when I've used it, I've but I am also never opposed to just using two Joy Cons. Yeah. So maybe it's just because I haven't used it. It might just be like, because I'm a I'm just in a constant state of stress about that. To be fair, be, yeah. when <laughs> we will do a controller tier list at some point. So to be continued. To be continued. Court, what what is your what is your hot Actually, take? real quick, right before Wait. we continue. Mm. Have fun changing your batteries, Xbox controllers. I will, I will, I will. <laughs> Guess what? That, that I, I use, I I use USB, so it's not a problem. I'm, I'm kidding. Of course. <laughs> I, I was actually going to say, I will say that I had to buy new batteries for my Xbox controller today, and my wallet cried. Oh. I, I just, I could just the Xbox controller that I use mainly is corded, so it's not a problem. Yeah. So, Court? All right, my hot take is this and this is gonna offend a lot of people oh. but not in this room no it might offend some people oh it might room. I don't know and this is more of something that's just like my opinion like I'm not saying oh yeah these are, are all opinions universally yeah, yeah, yeah. bad but I just cannot do turn based games like, like any like RPGs like or Hearthstone Fire Emblem like Hearthstone and like anything even remotely like turn based I just can't sit through it I've gotta have my combat and like my gameplay be Real time. Real time. <laughs> Jason says is literally, literally playing, playing into, into the, the breach. <laughs> and like, oh man. And like, I respect that there are people that can. I just don't have the patience or the like intelligence. To well, do then it. how <laughs> how did then how do you feel about Kotor then? I haven't played Kotor. Oh, that's right. You haven't. I haven't played Kotor. Yeah. Because it's like, because it uses old style D&D, turn-based, yeah. basically virtual dice rolling mechanics. So I wait, do like actually, D&D, yeah, but in video games. I was about to ask you, Court, yeah. like, yeah, have you played D&D? I, and, I, and I can do D&D because Is it just D&D because the is, environment is different? It's not virtual. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's okay. not virtual. But in virtual games, like, where you're actually seeing the stuff going on, like, I just can't stand, like, playing, like, Xenoblade Chronicles or something, right? And just seeing, like, the characters standing there, and then they're all sitting there ready, and then it's like, they've got the attack. Little, 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 little bounce, little bounce, and then they, like, come back, and then they're just all, like, <laughs> sitting, like I just, I can't. No, I I, 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 I can I understand know. that, because, I mean, even when I think of the games I play, other than Knights of the Old Republic, I don't really play any turn-based. I mean, literally, my life goes into Overwatch. It was just, like, the opposite yeah. of a turn-based game. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't know. So I feel like that's valid. and But it's like, 
you acknowledge it's, it's like people like it. You personally can't get into it. Yeah. yeah. But, so it's like it's it, not like you were calling that style of game bad. No, I yeah. think some of the best games ever made are in that style. You just I, just wish I could enjoy I mean, them. Like. My favorite video game of all time is Final Fantasy VI. It's turn-based combat. Yeah, right. You know, but yeah, you acknowledge that this is your preference, and you can't yeah. stand it, and that's fine. Yeah. And like I, I, I think but I less wish of I you could. for it, but certainly one of the views. Certainly one of the views I've ever heard. One you know? of the yeah. views of all time. Anyway, that's my hot. That's take. fair enough. I think they're take. amazingly made games. Final Fantasy six and seven. Just for not instance. your cup of tea. I just, I just wish I cup I of wish hot I, chocolate. I, I wish Honestly, they were, but I can't. Yeah. So there were some people that complained about in the Final Fantasy seven remake that it took away the turn based combat, but I bet you love that, huh? I haven't played either the original okay. or the new one, but. but I'm more interested in I feel like you shouldn't that. do that though like if it's a franchise of games that is built on turn based I don't care <sighs> if turn based isn't as in vogue now you shouldn't take that away the funny yeah. thing is though I've seen it in action and it works I mean I guess if it works because like what did I mention this to you guys earlier I don't remember if we were even recording a podcast but like this is an interesting gaming philosophy I have is honestly bullet time I think oh, is right, one yeah, of the yeah, most yeah, important yeah, yeah, yeah. innovations in in UI for gaming Ever. Well, and I well, feel at least like in recent times, bullet yeah. time m- takes turn-based combat and makes it in real time. Exactly, like it gives and that's you, what they did. It gives you real-time turn-based combat, which right. you're like, exactly. huh? And that's what they did with the Final Fantasy VII remake. Was okay, well, that works. you would have real-time combat with like a handful of attacks that every character had. You would have just your regular slashes. You'd have a couple of special ones. You would do things. But if you ever wanted to use an item, cast a spell, you would open a menu that enters bullet time. Everyone's still moving. Time is passing. So if but you now take too long. Yeah, so gonna... if you take too long, it, you get a problem. So you got to think fast. You've got to think on your toes. But it gives you time to go through a very streamlined menu of item, potion, use it on this character, go. Yeah, uh, spells. Use and this spell. Honestly, this, this target. Go. I think and it that was amazing. The, the Knights of the Old Republic remake should use that as well. Yeah, because it's like the Knights of the Old Republic games were built on that kind of turn-based combat. And I don't know, like, yeah, you could go to like Fallen Orders combat of like parrying and stuff, but I feel yeah. like that would make it less Knights of the Old Republic like. But yeah. if you went into the real-time turn-based, yeah, yeah, you could make a really fun game. I think that the the Coder remake should use the same kind of bullet time yeah. thing that Final Fantasy VII remake did. I'd love to see that in a lot of things i admittedly i'm like uh there's there's some cases where i don't think you should like if they ever did a, a mainline pokemon game with yeah, that no 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 no, no. no. like pokemon if, if is built do, on the turn yeah, base yeah. that's if, literally how it works yeah if you want to do a pokemon game with like live like real-time stuff just keep making more pokemon tournament games you know those yeah. are fun yeah um yeah but so my turn, huh? Your turn, Kyle. Okay, what have you got? Yeah. The final hot take. Yeah, Aiden, do you think you're ready for my hot take? Oh, is it for me? No. Oh, you're just, am just, I ready you, for are it? Are you ready for sure. it? Sure, what do we got? I don't think you're ready for it. Ben, do you think you're ready for my hot take? I honestly have no idea what to expect. Yeah, I don't know. Considering yeah, don't some of the things you've yeah, pulled yeah, up. You're not ready for it. Like pictures. Yeah, court, court. <laughs> what about you, Court? What What do you think? Uh, I don't know. You ready I'm, for my hot take? We're... How, how are you feeling about mine? I feel like mine was the most, like, <laughs> offensive to you. Well, no, because you acknowledge no, the other you side. You acknowledge the other side. You, you just said it's it not well. for you. Unlike yeah, no. me, where I just basically and openly attacked Ben. Truly, <laughs> I wish it was. I've tried so hard to get into games like that, and I wish I could play them. But yeah. anyway, I, I'm What ready. have you got for us, Kyle? What have I got for you? Okay. You're not ready for this. Okay. My hot take? My hot take is that everyone's too desperate to have a hot take. Oh, I mean, I literally, <laughs> what, I, I just did. I feel like mine was a genuine hot take. No, 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 but the, the, hear me out. Though. Hear me out. Hear me out, right? Everyone has their strong opinions. But just because you have a strong opinion doesn't mean it's a hot take. 
You know, True, and Aiden, you mentioned this earlier when we were planning for this episode of like, you know, it has to have a little spice to it. And I have seen over the internet everywhere so many people of like, my hot take is this, and then everyone's like, really? Yeah, no duh, that's the thing. Yeah, it's like I feel like mine was definitely the closest here because I got a response to Ben. Wait a minute, you had some spice to it. Court, my, like, my court like, you didn't. You need to go like heavier on it. You should have been like, this category sucks. <laughs> but it doesn't suck. But like, there's like, a thing. Well, then you do. <laughs> there's another aspect of people being too desperate to have hot takes. They don't want to offend the, people. They'll take like something that's like, this is a thing that I don't really enjoy. I know that people do. And then desperate to have a hot take, they'll be like, oh, this is trash. This is bad. But that's my hot take. It. And then they can't defend it because it's just like what their preference is. Mm-hmm. Court was wise. He was like, my hot take is just that I really don't like this thing. I can't get into it. I I've tried. I respect people who do. I know they're good games. So that doesn't make it really that hot of a take, nope. but it makes it a reasonable one, you know? And I'm over here like, I have been, I don't know if it's just because I use Reddit so much, but there was a <laughs> phase of several months where everyone was just trying to have their hot take, and they all suck. They A lot of them do suck. Every so often you'd find a decent hot take, but it was just... Uh. Like you, what, it, what it has to be is, because it's like, if it's not something that you will adamantly defend, like my belief yeah. with the play, I genuinely believe that the PlayStation controller sucks. Genuinely. <laughs> like, that's not just like, oh, I go. personally don't prefer it. I get why. I genuinely don't like it. Yeah. yeah. I and genuinely just don't like it. I don't agree with Sony for making it. There's a hot take. <laughs> like, that Sony is an actual wrong. hot take. <laughs> but I've seen so many gaming and just other thing hot takes. And like, we've gotten a bit closer to like real hot takes with like, what hill will you die on? But even then, that still had some saturation of things like, yeah, this is a perfectly agreeable stance to take. You know, yeah. no, this isn't that hot. Like a, a hot take basically has to openly go against what a massive, what a large community believes. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I do have one of those. Okay, what do we got? Let's hear it. Let's hear your real hot take. There is too much homogenization of how video games are played. And what I mean by that is how many games run off of the basic first player RPG or first player shooter experience as a user. You have your one character, you've got a couple of menus, you're going to run combat with whatever weapon you got and pick up new weapons. You're going to pick you up go. weapons and items, you're going to talk to people, you're going to shoot things or whatever. Or it's just like a, a first-person shooter where you have your, your, your kit, and there's variations within your kit. But, but you can't change it, it mid-game. Yeah. You're, How many games are like that? Where is the next game that is super different in its controls, like Pikmin? <laughs> think about it. Yeah, I mean, when Everything. I think of the first-person shooter genre, the only game... Okay, this will sound very biased. The only game that I think in the first-person shooter genre that is genuinely big is Overwatch. It's different in that it's like you change your character mid. It's all yeah. team-based. Yeah. There's not like well, like Team Fortress Two is kind of like that. Well, as but well, it's but that like, game yeah, in the spotlight anymore. Uh, it's still got a very dedicated and active player base, very, but it's uh, not very dedicated. Yeah. Very dedicated. It's like, it's like Overwatch, 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 Overwatch yeah. and, and TF2 <laughs> are like true. are like the two games. Because then it's like, all right, here we go. Let's get the next Call of Duty game. Oh, what's new in the mechanics? Nothing. Yeah. Or Nothing. the FIFA, the FIFA next game. FIFA yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, like Madden like, game. Like, Madden I, I don't think you guys quite understand what I'm saying. No, like, I, I get you. Know, first person shooters of a necessity have a certain like user experience and you can't go too far off it yeah. otherwise and, you lose and your sports games like fifa like madden of a necessity have a certain type of user experience but the thing is beyond those two things we are not i at least i have not been seeing enough games that have like revolutionary that's kind just like of this is a completely mechanics. different way of interacting with the game like a brand world. new genre yeah a like new genre or, of game or format. even if not genre just like something different it's like everything's like oh here's my inventory here's my weapon and i have my character either first or third person go 
Yeah. And like second person. Isn't second person game. <laughs> what is a second person? Isn't Stanley's parable close to a second person game? Yeah. Uh, I, I saw this. I actually, I saw this. It it's was like first a video. person because you're seeing through well, the like, eyes. But the, narr- the way the, the narrative, narrative, narrative is built. The narrative I, is built second person. I, I yeah. did. I actually, I saw this. I saw this video that was like talking about the whole port. Like the whole point of it was like, what is a second person game? Yeah, and, I think I've seen that video and, as well. And the and the guy was like, the guy was like, I will stand by that only one like there's only ever been second person in gaming one time, and it was like this one very specific segment of this game, and it was like some game of, that was kind of like GTA, but it was like you like drive cars no, around or the, something. The driver, driver, San Francisco, driver, San Francisco. There's was, another yeah. one that I think I. Did I see it? Yeah, but I, I've seen that video. Driver San Francisco had a scene yeah. where you, point of view wise, go into the driver of a car behind your character, but you are still controlling your character in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the character that you are in, that car will follow your car, just kind of procedurally generated AI okay, based. That's kind of fun. But you are controlling your car, but you are seeing from the point of view behind you. Behind you. That's a lot. And of the fun. guy was like, "That is what a that is what a second game person game would, would be like." like. Yeah. yeah. So it would be cool to see more stuff like that. But honestly, like, and don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining about this type of UI. It's very good. You're just wanting to see something new. I'm just wanting to see more new things because, again, yeah. I, I keep going back to Pikmin as an example, but that's because it's just so easy to tell. You don't do inventory. You don't do much in the way of combat. There is combat, but it's completely different. You have your minions, you control them, and you do this stuff, you know? Um, or like, say, oh, what's it called? What's it called? Uh, Mirror's Edge, I think. Yeah, Mirror's Edge. <laughs> is a parkour game that doesn't feel like a regular platformer. No. Yeah. It feels like more like real-life parkour, but taken up to an extreme next level. Right. Things like that, they're so niche now. And it used to be that, like, you know, there was this huge playground and I understand the appeal of running with this tried and true methodology. And honestly, it, it lends itself very well to good storytelling in games, money to really making. tight and strong mechanics. And it definitely mm. lends to good money making, which you need because video games are an industry. There's not yeah. some like exterior thing that funds all gaming, you know, that allows us to just make these yeah, things. Yeah, if your game flops, if you're not a big studio, you may not exist But like, tomorrow. it feels like right. right now in mobile games, we have a greater variety of ways that the game is experienced than in console and PC. Well, I feel like there's less like, risk with mobile games because mobile it's games it's, offer if themselves it's a flop, up you don't to care. ads. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. It's like if you can make a game completely free to play and as long as you can get ads in there, you'll make your revenue back. But then you right. go to AAA games they and people and they would lose their collective minds if they booted up a Call of Duty game and were met with a, a beer ad, you know? Like, they would be like, <laughs> what are you doing in my for, game? For good reason. Because like they, they pay... They pay money to get the game. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So it's like you so you can't like do we as are much on our way to the Ready Player One universe, and it is not good. Not good. <laughs> so it's Don't like the IOI. We it yeah. is a big problem, and maybe there's no big revolutionary thing because Gabe Newell hasn't found it yet. Yeah, that, that's but like, right. Like and, and Portal. Or I mean, sure, it, it Portal in a way has actually has a very similar user interface to a first-person shooter, but it's a puzzle it's still, game. But it's a puzzle game. It feels right. so different. It's literally like a plat, a first-person platformer almost. Pretty much. And so, like, I want to see. And uh, hey, let's go back early in the episode, right? Hello, neighbor had the chance of giving us that, and then they of, pandered. And then they pandered, and we lost it. I feel like. FNAF kind of had something a little it, it was unique, in a way yeah. it was yeah. unique it revived the the sort of point and click style thing and in, the a, jump in a very scare new kind of and fresh way that felt new and different that's part of why FNAF was so great but like I want to see more of that I, I love I don't get me wrong I love Breath of the Wild even though it has a, a user experience that fits in with a bajillion other games that are out right now right. I love Genshin Impact even though it does the same thing but like 
it's not new. It's it's. I want something that's like Completely this is a new. game that's different. I don't collect items, fulfill quests, beat monsters in a fight, or run around first person shooter map. I want something that's different from those. Well, then have I got a game for you? Animal oh, Crossing. It's called <laughs> and I, I'm gonna chess also. with 4D interdimensional oh, time. No. Interdimensional travel no. chess. <laughs> no, not 4D chess. 4D interdimensional travel no. chess. There's your genre. Started the game. Your genre and cape. brain breaking <laughs> game. I Groundbreaking. Have, I'm gonna say this. I have never liked chess in my life. But you've never played 4D chess. I don't think I'm going to like. Where they that can literally anymore. take their queen, go 20 moves in the past behind your king, and go nothing personal, nothing kid, personal and kid. you lose. I feel like I would yesterday like it even. Yes. Yes. Don't Before you? you yeah, wouldn't you like it if <laughs> you, last week's dinner you were cooking it and all of a sudden the queen came in? Uninstalled the game before you installed it. Before you even bought it. Before you even Smashed heard about my it. laptop <laughs> with a baseball bat. Gave you and a said refund. <laughs> and then proceeded to steal it again. There you go. Oh. There's your genre defining game. So, oh, that just hurts. Fun, my headache fun, is getting worse. Hot takes are fun. <laughs> Good old hot takes. Oh, my goodness. Hey, Jason, do you have a hot take? It doesn't matter whether you do or not, but is there anything you want to share with the with us? I don't know what he would... I I want... I feel like Jason would I feel honestly like have after, a spicy take. After your whole thing about people not having a lot of hot takes, I feel like Jason will now purposely be like, what is the hottest take <laughs> I can possibly come up with? I want a Carolina Reaper hot take. Is that too much to ask for in life? If he has one. <laughs> All right, Jason, hit us with the uh, the E.T. game was good type hot take. <laughs> <laughs> the one that he's got one copy left. He'd be like, I'm never giving this up. This is the pinnacle of gaming. The E.T. game on the, what was it, on the Atari? On the Atari. Atari. <laughs> Widely considered the worst video game of all time. It universally considered the oh, worst. Yeah. So bad. So bad so they took bad. basically every copy and put them in the landfill. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Star Wars Holiday Special of video games. Oh, it oh, is the Star Wars Holiday <laughs> Special is. of video There's games. There's a part of me that wants to play it just because of that. Yeah, good know? luck finding a copy. I'm yes, sure it's true. worth thousands of dollars if you're yeah, able to collectors yeah. and even having the console to play it on, right? Right. But can you imagine though if they released it on Steam, how many people Dude, would buy so it? Many people just buy to it. know. So just even to if know you why. even if you put it like a $5 game, they'd make so much money. So yeah. much money. Cuz everyone's like it's the worst game. I got to know why. I got to know why. I need to know. I'm not a masochist. I'm not looking for pain, but I need to know why it hurts so bad. I need so to bad. know why it hurts. Or Anyways. maybe it was just that it was super boring. You know? Uh, no, it was just bad. Yeah, I think it was, it was just bad. bad. Like, All right. Tons of glitches and stuff. Well, Moving on, I suppose, unless Jason has something. Yes? No? Come on, Merlin. We need your, your sage Maybe knowledge. he's deep in thought, you know. Maybe he just needs to... We Sports, Sports Resort, Resort Sword, Sword Fighting... fighting. Is the peak of gaming. That is, that is not a, a hot, hot take. take. I can get behind. I can get that behind. Is, that is a that is a accurate take. That, that is, is an accurate hot. take. That, is, that, is, that is, is a word we've got for that one. That's not I have bad. not felt alive ever since my <laughs> Wii got taken away by my parents, and I never saw it again. <laughs> I love. My Wii life Wii. has been on a steady downhill since that point because the I have not been able to smack Matt so hard. <laughs> the amount of creativity so that Nintendo put in just to a single sword fighting. Mini game mm -hmm. is the amount of stuff you can do with it. <laughs> oh yeah, so good. Psh, and the Force Unleashed, Psh, Wii uh, Elden Ring, no. Millennia, Wii Sports, Matt Wii from Wii Sports, Wii Sports Resort, Matt from Wii Sports, <laughs> the, worst, the three most powerful beings in fiction, Shaggy, 
Matt from Wii Sports and Goku. And, Goku. <laughs> and Matt would Matt clears. And Matt, <laughs> Matt, Matt Solo. Have you guys seen that YouTube series? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Big Chungus versus Shaggy, and then like Matt, Matt Big Chungus, Obama, and Thanos go up <laughs> against Shaggy. And yeah, Shrek. <laughs> and Shrek. And I forgot Shrek. Funny. That series was amazing. That All was right. Glorious. Well. Moving on now to the final, actually serious, important topic, I yeah. think. We're going to get serious. down to the serious business. The serious business. Actually relevant to what Ben was saying earlier. Let's get into some eSports. Let's do it. Uh, so currently, so Ben and I will probably be spearheading a lot of the eSports coverage. And what we will do is primarily focus on like the tier one events, like the, the, about as official as it gets. Because if we took time trying to go through like the A tier, B tier, you know, tier two, tier three events, we would never finish. Yeah. So we will only be talking about those events. So if, an, if a game doesn't have a tier one tournament going on we won't talk about it so for instance right now valorant does have tournaments going on but it doesn't have its big tier one s tier tournament right now so we won't be talking about valorant rocket league isn't having that either currently the three big ones are dota league of legends and overwatch mm -hmm. uh, so ben pick pick league of legends dota 2 which one are you starting with i'll go ahead and start with dota so because like it's kind of the most simple one right now um they are in like the last chance qualifiers for the international which is their obviously their international tournament, mm -hmm. and it is I think it's ten teams. I have to check. I remember seeing about ten, ten or so teams. Mm -hmm. And the, the international, where is the, where's the land being held this year? Um, I'm not sure. I have to. You don't know where the international is being held. The I've oh. been busy with League. Dota. I'm not Dota. Lie. <laughs> Dota is so fun. like the way that Valve handles Dota. It's like you don't hear anything about Dota. Dota esports throughout the year. The international happen happens. It rakes in millions of dollars and then just leaves. Mm -hmm. It shows up, <laughs> makes a bunch of money and then just leaves. And you don't they hear come, about they it eat, again. They, leave. they come. They eat. Like, they leave. Just it, it shows up. Has its <laughs> just makes. Tons of money leaves, and then you don't hear about it again for another year until we, it happens again. That's right. We were talking about this earlier. Dota is like the freaking Ferrari of esports, right? They go in, they make enough money to do it next time, they go away. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so the international is going to be happening in Singapore. Yeah. Year. Oh, man. Which will have a price pool of $13 million. Yep. Holy cow. Yep. It makes every other esports prize pool look like child's money. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Chump change. So, yeah, the last chance qualifiers are happening right now. 12 teams situated in two groups are going to be just battling it out to see who gets a chance to compete on the international stage. And so the matches haven't started yet. They're actually starting this weekend. Oh, so next next episode we'll get some information. On we'll that get some nice. information on some Dota games happening. And I wish best of luck. To all those teams, you want thirteen million dollar mm -hmm. cut. You want a cut of that thirteen million? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if anyone who win, if anyone listening to this podcast wins the international, get their self. You know, you know where to come. You know where to come. You know, you know who to call. I, honestly, a hundred dollars would be lit right now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, going on to League of Legends, the World Championship has started. The play-ins stage just finished, which happens, which just happened in Mexico City. Nice. And so, um. As was kind of expected, uh, unfortunately, none of the minor region teams were able to make it out. Yeah, in major that regions in a lot of esports. Kind of stomped through <laughs> with DRX from Korea and Fnatic from Europe, both auto-qualifying. Mm -hmm. And then uh, RNG from China and EG from North America going through a small 
five game tournament or five a uh, little five game bracket where mm-hmm. they came on on top beating out over uh it was mad lions and dfm were the ones that were eventually locked, knocked out in the end mm-hmm. and so now we're going into the group stage the group stage is happening right now <laughs> and so um you know i'm sure merlin's gonna have the overall groups pulled up yeah. for our viewing audience video people you'll see this audio listeners i'm sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> audio, audio listeners but just imagine in imagine head. in your head a group imagine stage. In your head. A bunch your of groups a group stage which has probably one of the most unfortunate lineups for the western teams there has <laughs> oh, ever been no. in a long time i'm honestly i'm willing to put money on there being around a 75 to 80 percent chance that not a single western team Oof. makes it to playoffs oh Oof. no it's just like it is just so well situated it for do Eastern be, teams. It do with, be like that sometimes. <laughs> with China and Korea having such strong teams, and then when their weaker teams are put up against the weaker teams of the West. Oh. And so oh, no, it is no. just looking very difficult. Um, I still, in my personal predictions, I put G2 and Cloud9 as the only Western teams making it out. Out of how many Western teams are there? Uh, let's see. I think it should, it's six by now. So about a third of them. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not a bad, you know. Not a bad turnout for, for turnout. West. And so it would it would be good. Um but I honestly I mostly predict that the higher chance the, of things the, happening the, is the, the Asian teams. All the Asian teams. And so I certainly hope things don't go this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, this is all depending, honestly. Uh the LPL, which is the Chinese league, they historically have done very poorly in best of one portions of like international tournaments. Ah. Uh. And so you know, they're still very good, but it would, you know, make me happy if some of some, them went down. Some of them so went the Western down teams so the Western teams could get out. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, I'm very excited. Fnatic has already beat Cloud9, so Cloud9 is already in a lesser position to get out of the group. Roll. And G2 just lost against Damwon Kia, which <laughs> already is kind of setting my personal <laughs> predictions down the gutter in the first two games oh, of no. groups. Oh. But unlucky i still have faith i have plenty of copium and hopium still left. yeah the hopium. <laughs> yeah. so are our group stages being played at land they are they are being played in north uh new york right now in madison square garden well, yeah nice. Nice. nice we love the land events mm-hmm. good old just, land just remember ben rebellions are built on hope there you go. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got to find the secret plans to the korean team's <laughs> super Death weapon <laughs> and take them down from the inside <laughs> All right, moving on to the Overwatch League, my cup of tea. So the Overwatch League is currently in their fourth and final stage of the regular season. In fact, next week is the last week, and this weekend is the last weekend for the Asian Pacific teams to be playing. So it's really coming down to the wire in terms of qualification for both playoffs but also play-ins. So the way that this, the way that things work are the top six teams in NA and the top two teams in APAC and Asian Pacific will automatically qualify for end-of-season playoffs. And then in North America, spot seven through ten will do a play-in tournament and the top two teams from that will go, will take the last two spots in North America and then three through six in APAC will then do a play-in tournament, and the winner, one team who wins that, will move into play-in. So there'll be a total of 12 teams at the end of the playoffs. So this last week of games, nothing like crazy happened, although the Los Angeles Valiant, who let go of their coach at the beginning of the stage because they signed a literally like a partial season contract with the guy, yeah. 
and are we're turning it around. They won some good games, but unfortunately, literally this morning, they lost to the team they were competing with, the Guangzhou Charge, for that little final playing spot and are now mathematically unable to make it. Oh, Rest no. in peace, LA Valiant, but it's better than last year. They won seven games this year. Last year, they won zero. Ooh. So, seven is better than zero, I think. You know... That's a true statement. <laughs> <laughs> nothing else is Can't super. Nothing else is super surprising in last week's match results. Uh, San Francisco Shock and uh, Shanghai Dragons, who are usually seen as really good teams, lost three straight to begin the stage, but then mm. picked up wins last week um, against teams that are are good, but aren't you know top of the pack. And then this morning, the top team in APAC, the Seoul Dynasty, which were undefeated, dropped to the Hangzhou Spark, who had won one of their last. 10 games up to this wow. point. So Seoul Dynasty got upset a little bit, but it doesn't really <laughs> impact their standings because when we go over to the standings, they're just like so far ahead of everybody else. They have three wins. Uh, they have three league points, which are like what qualifies you for standings over the next closest team, the Shanghai Dragons. So they're sitting pretty because there's only, you know, one or two games left played for them, so they're sitting pretty. But as you can see, the LA Valiant there are sitting with only seven points. Guangzhou Charger at nine. There's only one game left for the both of them. So yeah. mm. uh, APAC is pretty much set. I do have a question for you. How has the release of Overwatch 2 affected the competitive Overwatch League? Like, well, did they I, just keep going as normal? Yeah, they just, just kept going as normal. So they are not playing on the live launch patch. They do not have Kiriko. Kiriko huh? will come in for playoffs. So yeah, even the play-ins will be played without Kiriko. Everything else is not quite live patch, so they are still missing a So they're things. still playing so, Overwatch 1, basically. No, they're still playing Overwatch. They've been playing Overwatch 2 the whole season. Oh. Just without having access to the game outside of scrims. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so they're playing on their that, own build mm -hmm. that's separate. Okay, interesting. That is interesting. very interesting. Do you think that uh, Kiriko and any of the other features that aren't, in the, that aren't in there will provide any upset to the balance of the meta, change it anything dramatically? Kiriko will probably definitely be nerfed and changed before the patch because, I mean, she's not even in the competitive ladder yet. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there will be patches and changes that come through. I think if current version her was implemented into the Overwatch League, I actually don't think she'd be used a whole lot because hmm. she doesn't do a whole lot. Like, her healing output isn't high enough that I think it would allow for her use. Yeah. So she'll be tweaked a little and then we'll have to see. I still have, have no see. idea what her super even does. Yeah, so it's her like, I, like she'll get tweaked a little and then be used. I don't think it'll shake things up too much because then when we look at the North America side, there are four teams already qualified for playoffs end of season. Dallas Fuel is kind of running away with the top because the San Francisco Shock are struggling. Uh, San Francisco Shock are still in second though with 24 points. LA Gladiators in third with 23. And the Houston Outlaws have officially <laughs> qualified for the first time in franchise history for end of season oh. playoffs. Oh, I bet you're excited <laughs> about that. They have never, ever made it to end of season playoffs. <laughs> so I'm happy that they made it. I will say this. I, I, like, I'm not like super in touch with which teams are good or like I don't have like a favorite team, but I was looking through the shop on 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 Overwatch 2 and like how they have the different like skins for each character mm -hmm. for each team and the Houston Outlaws had by far the green and black is such a cool one such outside cool of the Hangzhou Sparks like baby blue and bright pink Houston Outlaws is green and black is just I, I loved how it looked on all the characters so, so Houston they're, they're winning the fashion game they're, they're winning, winning the, the fashion <laughs> so they've qualified they are guaranteed fourth seed they can't be knocked down any lower and then the last two spots five and six are in Technically up for grabs from everyone from London Spitfire to Florida Mayhem who are down in ninth. Huh. They're all enough within each other that 
any one of them could jump the other because Florida Mayhem still have three games left to play, and if they win out, they could tie the number of points that the London Spitfire have if they lose out. Man. But realistically, it's more going to be between London, Atlanta, and Toronto. Six, five through seven are all fighting because they're all within one point of each other. Their schedules vary in difficulty. London Spitfire still have to play San Francisco Shock. Atlanta Rain have to play the Dallas Fuel. And Toronto Defiant have to play the Houston Outlaws. So they all still have at least one hard team left on their schedule. But odds are, the way the standings are now, are probably going to be what it ends up being. So top six will be Dallas Fuel through Atlanta. And then Toronto, Washington, Florida, and Boston will duke it out in the play-in bracket, double limb. Uh, and then we'll move on to end-of-season playoffs. If I had to pick uh, in terms of play-ins... Honestly, the Washington Justice probably are most likely to make it out of plans if that's the case just because they have the upset factor. They've got players on their team that yield it themselves to showing up in tough situations and Toronto Defiant are have a history of just not showing up when they need they are if you look at their their standings they they have played 22 matches. They've won 11, they've lost lost 11. They've won 45 maps. They've lost 45 maps. They are perfectly mid. <laughs> perfectly balanced. As all things as should, all be. Things should yes. be. And what makes it better is last week they played and beat the San Francisco Shock, the number two seed, three to one. Later that week, they played the Vancouver Titans, who are who are four and eighteen, the eleventh team in NA, and they lost. 3-1. Oh, man. So they'll go and beat the 2-seed and then lose to the 11-seed. That really is perfectly balanced. So they balanced. are perfectly balanced, and I don't trust them to come out. Be. Florida Mayhem are wacky. Boston Uprising aren't experienced in those tough situations. I think Washington will move out and join them. Okay, I have one question before we move on to the next uh, eSports game. Where does someone like me who has never watched an eSports game go to watch an esports game uh overwatch league is streamed on youtube everything else is usually on twitch although mm -hmm. it may move to youtube because of twitch's weird shenanigans going shenanigans. on uh, but yeah. overwatch league is just on the overwatch league youtube channel okay right there on youtube yep. i, I kind of want to watch some overwatch league games mm -hmm. same thing can be said for league of legends and dota they are all streamed on either twitch youtube some other smaller things like for example china they have Billy Billy, I think. Is I think it's Billy Billy. Billy Billy, yeah. Billy and Billy then there's also uh, Trovo, which I think is a European one. Yeah, mm. but usually you can find most of the major esports on YouTube mm. or Twitch. So if you don't watch esports and want to get in, there's your entry. Most games also do show the esports that it's going on in the game. So Overwatch mm. League, you can basically just go to the in-game and just go to the Overwatch League tab, mm -hmm. and it'll link you right to. I know, I know Fortnite does that. Well, Fortnite have, like, does they it. Have, like a creative. Yeah. So map, if like, you don't, if you aren't sure where to go, you could probably find it in the actual game itself. You'll find some kind of link either in the launcher or in the game itself. So those are the three games that currently have Tier One events going on. Valorant is on by for the most part until the Champions. League starts up with their um, franchising system. Rocket League is also in the offseason right now. But then come mid-November, both League, Dota, and Overwatch League will all be finished. So, mm. And will be off for probably When does two. Rocket League get back on season? I haven't looked. I would imagine they'll probably start with the new year. I am pretty sure they're doing smaller events right now. But mm. the major events are on hiatus for right now. Because they had their tournament... I think it was in August, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is when they had the RLCS championships. My, uh, my little brother just recently got he um, tried out for the UVU Rocket uh, Rocket League esports team, and he made it in. So hey, you know, nice. they're, they're doing something Good over there for him. But yeah, no, I'm excited. Awesome. There you go. 
So yeah, those are the three major leagues. One more tier one events come up, we'll cover them. But as we said, if the game isn't having a tier one event, we will hold off until one comes up. Otherwise, we would be here forever. <laughs> <laughs> Take a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I believe that's just about everything for today. Am I right? I believe that is all. Yes, sir. Okay. Awesome. Well, in that case, let's close on out. Uh, I do have a bit of a teaser for something coming up. I have enormous news, but oh. you're all going to have to wait for next week. And that includes everyone here making the podcast. Oh, so, yeah. Wait, I want to Big, know enormous, earth-shattering. That's too bad. You're going you're gonna to find out Okay, next like time. when you say big, are we talking like <laughs> Gabe Mario's Newell himself? Big or like <laughs> Gabe Newell himself is coming on Descending to the podcast. Descending from on high. Descending <laughs> from on high, Gabe Newell will be joining us. Yeah, no. I got Gabe Newell for a real good price on a Steam sale. <laughs> <laughs> it's that Sega Mega Mix Steam sale. He was in there for some reason. Hideo Kojima is going to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're all going to have to wait to find out what it is. So, Knights of the D-Pad is a publication of the Daily Universe. We would like to give special thanks and a shout-out to BYU Broadcasting for letting us use their wonderful studio. And also, of course, to Jason, our editor, who Woo-hoo. is so awesome. You, Everybody Merlin. cheer for him. Yeah, yeah Jason! Merlin. Woo! You ought to put that on a shirt or something, Codename Merlin. I don't know why, Codename but I like Merlin. that. <laughs> <laughs> but let's sign off. My name is Kyle. My name is Court. I'm Aiden. And I'm Ben. And we are the Knights of the D-Pad. See you next time. Yeah.